0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R.R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO show House of the Dragon? All right, so welcome everybody. This time we are. My name is Gretchen. Uh, I should probably start with that. My name is Gretchen, and I use they them pronouns. And I am here with my co host Caroline. Hi guys, I'm Caroline. I use she her pronouns. Very professional podcast. Where, uh, hey guys, yep. this time this time we are Gretchen and Caroline again. Yeah. <laughs> it's us. Same dragon time, same dragon channel. Yeah. Um. That's
1: a good tagline, actually. <laughs> same dragon time, same dragon channel. <laughs> oh, man, we're go up to a good start. Guys, we have a lot of words to say about this section. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be... I hope your run is long. I hope your time at the gym is long, cleaning yep. the kitchen, because we are going to be here for, like, three hours just on oh this. Oh, my gosh.
0: It's so important. Yeah, We are starting the chapter Birth, Death, and Betrayal under King the I, and uh, there's a lot that happens. Yes. A ha- lot
1: of really interesting stuff. And what pages are we on for our friends that have books we are so for
0: friends who have books we are starting on page 197 this time and we are going through let me find it yep super professional we're just sitting here flipping through a book. It's,
1: it's 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 like um, a asmr you can hear the the pages flip right it's
0: nice uh we are ending on the top of page 208 um there's like three sentences on the top of that page and um right before the first full paragraph is where we're yep. where we are starting yeah,
1: um, and what a section! Oh my God, so many things
0: happen yeah, in yeah. this section.
1: It's crazy. <clears throat> yep, um, this uh, this section's got a lot. So let's start with our our high level summary then,
0: Gretchen. Yeah, like well, what is what is a lot? Um, well, go ahead, Caroline. Uh,
1: well, the first things first is that uh, Jaharis begins his grassroots political campaign
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: around Westeros. So basically, he says, uh, "I'm going to go on progress everywhere." What, like, Aegon did, you know, modeling his reign after Aegon. But I'm gonna make my party smaller so I can go also to the smaller lords so I can make sure that I'm threatening everyone with my dragon. Not, yep. not just yep. the big
0: guys. No, 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 yeah. Like, I love that there's this whole full paragraph that's like, here are all of the really good reasons why you want to have a smaller retinue. And I'm like, or, you know, and having a smaller retinue means that you can take your dragons.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, you know... That seems really important. Right. I think in the margins I wrote like and also dragons. <laughs> um, cuz yeah, they want they want they are not going to Jhaerys refused to go as the way of his older brother Aegon the Uncrowned mm-hmm. and not bring dragons along. Yeah.
1: It um, is a kudos to Jaharis and Elison they understand the importance in the of the visual of mm-hmm. showing everyone like hey, what about our fire lizards? Have yeah. you have yeah? You, what about those? Have you considered the doctrine of exceptionalism? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a moment to talk
0: about our lord and savior the doctrine, <laughs> doctrine of <laughs> the Doctor of
1: targaryen exceptionalism just two dragons behind them at the door like looking yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly um, enough the lords do in fact have time they do have a moment to talk about the yeah, of you know? and so they get hosted around um their first progress they go through a lot of progresses throughout their reign uh their first ones through the, the crown lands they get as far as maiden pool now at this point in time Alison is pregnant. Fourteen uh, year old Alison, like seven is, months. Yeah, fourteen year old Allison is pregnant with her brother's child. Gross. Um, mm-hmm. And she gets attacked in Maiden Pool.
0: Yeah, she wants to go to the famous bathhouse, the um, the Maiden Pool, the eponymous pool of mm-hmm. Maiden Pool, where um, there's the whole story about Florian and the Fool seeing Jonquil um, mm-hmm. in the you know, the pool, and apparently it's got magic powers. You know, it's got magic healing powers, and she wants to go bathe in the magic pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh no, there are people of the faith who who still don't like her. Yep. Whoopsie-doodle. So the yep. the ladies that run the pool, basically, the ladies that run the bathhouse,
1: mm-hmm. uh, try to stab her to death with knives. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. three of Allison's companions, who are with her inside, because men are not allowed inside, so the king's guard are outside, Three of her companions take the hits for her. One of them dies. Yep. One of them yep. straight up gets stabbed in the stomach and dies dead from this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Um, protecting, protecting the Targaryen queen.
1: These three ladies are remnants of the wise women that Alyssa mm-hmm. sent. Good call, Alyssa. Yep. Very yep. good call. Because her plan that is
0: working. <laughs> it worked
1: incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. They, like, yep. literally, like, the one actually laid down her life for a... Uh, oh uh, alisanne
0: yep so, so devoted mm-hmm. um but when they get back to king's landing because like jaharis is like okay well if they're gonna try and kill my wife on progress we definitely can't keep doing this right now mm-hmm. um so she goes back to king's landing and they desire and uh Alysanne decides that she needs her own sworn sword so mm-hmm. this is where we get jonquil dark the personal our girl. protector of the queen our girl we love yeah.
1: her she would make a great cosplay Yes. That would really make a great cosplay. Called John Cold Dark. Oh, if I was like skilled enough to make armor like that, uh-huh. maybe I'll learn. I don't know. That, Just, but, yeah, like, it'd be really but like, like a cool. dark scarlet suit of armor oh. with like engravings on it and so stuff. You could put like a snake. It could be a yeah. snake. It's a snake. It's a anyway. <laughs>
2: <She's> <laughs> mean, snake is snake. Anyway. Don't me. If
1: you let me say snakey snake too long, I'll never stop. It's my favorite meme. <laughs> so I have to stop. That's snake. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, Um, okay, and then, um, weird Queen Alyssa, who's 44. She was also pregnant. Yeah, she is pregnant and she has a baby, uh, Boromond. And and 44 is particularly for this time, like, yeah, they would, I'm not surprised
0: they expected her to be past childbearing years. Um, uh huh, yeah, it's really, it's pretty, I mean, it would be pretty unusual even in our years. Like, even yeah. nowadays, like, mid-40s is still pretty unusual to have a baby. Like, typically, mm-hmm. you know, your your fertility is going down after the age of 35. So, it's it's unusual for – it's still pretty unusual for people to get pregnant in their 40s, unless they're doing, like, fertility treatment.
1: Right, exactly. Like, without modern medicine, yeah, definitely. And as you get older, it's more dangerous. Childbirth itself is more dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, Alyssa, but Alyssa does have this first baby, and Baratheon is so
0: happy. And uh, yeah, that's yep happens. Yep, um, and then uh, Queen Alicent has her baby not long after, and um, he's a little boy named Aegon who dies unfortunately three
1: days later. Yeah, she blames it on the assassination attempt because she didn't get to bathe
0: in the water. Yep, the magic water. Um, I I, I definitely would have definitely would have been fine. That baby would have totally survived I, if she'd been able to bathe I in the magic think water.
1: That I think maybe. There might be another reason the 14-year-old gave birth to her incest baby prematurely and he didn't live. I don't know. I just think that...
0: What are you talking about, Caroline? I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying maybe. Yeah, Yeah, maybe the incest and the age of the mother have something to do with this and not because she didn't get to bathe in
1: the magic pool. She just had that goddamn magic pool, man. (laughs) it Would have cured everything.
0: Oh. Um, also Reyna's not doing super well right now. Yeah. Um, her girlfriend's super restless. Alyssa Farman's like, I don't really know if I want to keep hanging out on Dragonstone anymore. I miss the ocean. I miss sailing. Mm-hmm. I want to go be free spirited and piratey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Raina's relationship with her daughter is kind of tense because, like, they barely know each other. So weird. It's so weird. So weird. <laughs> that's so weird so weird that when you barely know your 10 year old child and then you're like hey I'm gonna totally uproot you from your way of life and take you to live somewhere else that like things kind of aren't great
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I mean I don't know women be catty so this is probably just because women oh, can't get my along gosh, but like... I was
1: wondering about this <laughs> and you're uh, because they're catty you should have yep. remembered oh mm-hmm. how could I right. forget such a thing so yeah they're not they're not doing so hot over on Dragonstone
0: um, and then, except for the dragons, the dragons are doing really hot.
2: Dragons yeah, are dragons doing... on
0: Dragonstone. Lots of dragons being born. Yeah, this drag- is very fine. Not yeah. at all ominous. Super <laughs> fine to have lots of dragons around. Don't worry about it's, it.
1: What's the? I don't It's the. It only, only Targaryens can ride dragons. Gretchen, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, that will have that, to wait till our next episode. That won't that won't be just proven at any point. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so then Jaharis and Allison after, uh, or rather, they go back on progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Allison starts making laws. And I love the text. The text, No, she's not making laws. Alison does not make laws. This is what the text says about this. <laughs> and this is just before describing all the laws Allison makes. It goes, Men oft speak today of Queen Alison's laws, but this usage is sloppy and incorrect. Her grace had no power to enact laws, issue decrees, make proclamations, or pass sentences. It is a mistake to speak of her as we might speak of the Conqueror's Queens, Rainis and Visenya. The young queen did, however, wield enormous influence over King Jaehaerys, and when she spoke, he listened, as he did upon their return from the Vale of Aaron. Yep. Sir, sir, first of all, you just admitted the fact that Rainis and Visenya made laws and ruled equally yep. to the Conqueror. In that mm-hmm. paragraph. I don't know yeah. if... You,
2: if yeah. the But, like, no other
1: ladies did. Just those two. But he's like, she had no power except for the fact that she made the king do it.
0: Like, that's... <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it. That's the power, dude, bro. Right. Right. But also, like... I don't even know... Like, but also, like, she just made him. Like, and also, you're wrong. Like, right. I know that your patriarchy brain means that you have to say, no, <laughs> she didn't do it. She, she just made the king do it. And I'm like, or she did it and
1: yeah. get over yourself. Right. Exactly. So what she did, um, her first law here was uh, the widow's law, which we could talk more about. Um, but she she For basically sure. made it so widows couldn't be easily disinterested, uh, mm-hmm. which was a problem that women were expressing to her at her maiden's courts. Because what yes. she was doing was as she was traveling around, she yes. was holding meetings with just ladies and yep. saying, so what's up? you know what's life like for what's you what's life like for you i'm a targaryen princess so it's a little different for me but like what's what are you doing
0: yeah what is what is what is this i hear about this thing called patriarchy what is that like tell me more i'm <laughs> confused <laughs> mm-hmm. i, I want to listen to the women and she does um, and look it's great yeah yeah she, she does. does she does listen to them and, and we'll see her make more laws in the future um yeah uh jaharis wants to clean up the fort he wants it to be less trashy Yes. He's not a, he's not a fan of King's Landing being so Gross dirty and yeah. gross and narrow streets and lots of poor people living in it. So and he's
1: like, Oh, there's like shit everywhere, literally. Can we
0: uh-huh. maybe Can we fix it?
1: Fix that. I feel like that's how I feel playing Rimworld. I when I first when <laughs> I when I play Rimworld and I build my little colony, it's like everything is like a necessity at first and then after a while I'm like, I could pave these streets, so I can make this uh-huh. nicer. We don't need this necessity, dirt everywhere. Maybe we should Uh make some people clean up. I'm going to add electricity, you know, like give nice stuff to them.
0: Right. He decides to do some civilization building. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, But he he gives gives them an aqueduct
1: in every single city. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I played a lot of Rome, the Rome games where you just like build a city. So I'm like thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Exactly. That's what Jhaeris did. Um but yeah, uh, that means more taxes, and people finally remember that uh Rego drives the master of corn is a foreign man and that they don 't like him because mm-hmm. he 's foreign yep he's he does he worships foreign
1: gods, and he's what do they say he's a mongrel it's horrible yeah,
0: yeah, horrible he's, racism. He's godli- in he's, <laughs> yeah he's godless and a mongrel, and yeah, anyway. yep, um, but I like this note that you had. Oh, yeah, I think he makes the first, he invents the first
1: uh, toll roads in Westeros, but there's no easy pass.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 because so, the, the, t- the taxes you have to pay money to get inside the city of King's Landing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and at and first when tax. I read that, I was like, that's brilliant, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we have those. <laughs> wait a minute, when I want to go to the city, hold on. When I want to yeah, go to New, I New York. I live in Chicago, I know toll roads. Yeah, exactly, it's like, oh, I I travel up and down the turnpike all the time, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> uh-huh, um, and that
1: does give them more money to keep doing their, their building of various things. And then Alysanne gets pregnant again by her brother, yay. Um, and she gives birth to a girl named Daenerys. I think our, uh-huh.
0: our first known Daenerys, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that. This is a retcon. This is a retcon. Yeah, it's a retcon. If you read the World of Ice and Fire, this is a retcon. Oh, so, and it's so yeah, I I will inform you of the retcon. Oh, I the, did not know about the retcon. Yeah, okay. where did where this Daenerys comes from? She did not exist in the World of Ice and Fire. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh.
1: And also Corlys Valerian is boy. Yeah, our boy. Yeah, so for <laughs> anybody who's I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you've watched the show, Corlys Valerian is um the Sea Snake. We see him as we an adult him. in House of uh has the dragon uh-huh. um, and he's awesome and we love him and he's fantastic yeah and uh just gonna be the coolest dude but yeah he's born at this time
0: mm-hmm. um yeah and then i love that like at the very end of this section it's like well i mean in the, in our reading of this section this isn't the end of the chapter but mm-hmm. like right near the end of this section part of why we ended it here was like that the archmaester gildane is like and this is very ominous, and the next year, terrible things are going to happen because mm-hmm. these ominous things happened. And the ominous things are like, Arya is feeling displaced because Alicent finally had a, a child that lived. And so Arya is no longer the heir to the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. And Alyssa uh, wants to leave Dragonstone, but Reyna's like no I would miss you mm-hmm. and uh, Septon Oswick dies and also Queen Alyssa is pregnant again and she's 46 years old and mm-hmm. this is a very bad idea but Rogar's like that seems fine
1: Rogar, Rogar my favorite little line from Rogar he says um, it's at the very tail end of our section he says uh, "His my wife has given birth to seven children why not an eighth yeah why not eight 46 that's fine Everyone must have eight kids. What's the problem?
0: Yeah. No problem. Right. It's fine. I want I want another child, yeah. so it's fine that she's pregnant again. He's like, um, this one's but also, like, a boy. They, the uh, Gildane says that this year is called The Year of the Stranger, and I was just like, that's really metal. <laughs> that's so metal, metal.
1: That's extremely metal.
0: <laughs> that's the name of, like, Magor's EP, you know, The Year of the Stranger.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Him on the cover was yes. sitting on a pile of skulls. That's, yes. Yeah.
0: That's what Absolutely. That <laughs> So, yeah, that's everything that happened in these, like, t- pff, 12 pages. Dude, it's so lot. much.
1: It's so much.
0: Like, it's crazy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah, I feel like what we just said is, like, a really good um, segue into our, like, what was the Maester thinking section. Because
2: mm-hmm.
0: on top of, you know, the usual, like... Things that we've been seeing with this Maester. You know, we've got our patriarchy and we've got our jaharis is the bestest boy. Um, this is one of like I was noticing that that whole section at the very end about like events are ominous in hindsight. hmm That like he loves to insert like, we should have known when this happened mm-hmm. that this was a sign that things were gonna get worse. I was like, mm-hmm. the only a sign in hindsight. Like that right. only applies when you know where things are going. Right, exactly. It's it's so interesting to think about because, like, I think people
1: really like to do this. We talked about mm-hmm. this in our episode of the Robert Frost Fan Club. We talked yes. about Robert Frost's poem. Um, uh uh-huh. The road not taken or whatever. I always forget the title is. Yeah. People like to do this. People like to make sense of the chaos and random happenstances of life mm-hmm. and be like, you know, oh, like, oh, this was obvious, you know, and hindsight or whatever. What I, what I think is interesting about this concept in a meta way is that in life, that's very rarely, I think that's rarely true. I think things mm-hmm. just kind of, shit kind of happens and it could have happened in another way very easily. Right. Um, but in literature, that's called foreshadowing. Yep. And so it's really interesting because like you reread a series like A Song of Ice and Fire and things like The Red Wedding.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, The Red Wedding is
1: basically on page in book two in Daenerys's. Yep. Uh, ha- um yeah, visions. she literally
0: sees it. She In literally the House of Anne sees it dying.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. and there's things like that all over the books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what an interesting play that is between a narrative c- series like A Song by Ice and Fire and like a more historical text like Fire and Blood, mm-hmm. where Fire and Blood can't foreshadow because it's only telling history. Yep. So. But it's kind of like it's almost more realistic in that way than like a Song of yeah. Rise and Fire is foreshadowing. So I I do I find that very like a very meta kind of commentary.
0: I like that that like what Martin is doing is like he can't do like normal literary foreshadowing, mm-hmm. but he can have the narrator insert these like hindsight is twenty twenty. We should have known that things were going to be spooky scary because mm-hmm. this because these things happened. I really like that idea that like this is kind of Martin's solution. Mm-hmm. like on the like doylist level like this is martin's solution to like i can't provide foreshadowing but like y'all should really pay attention to like these things because they actually are foreshadowing right so the way that he does that is is inserted here yeah um but um i do it also made me think of what you keep you know reminding us which is like all of this leads to the dance of the dragons so like yeah Whenever I see that whenever I see this kind of tag of like things are ominous, we should you know we should have known that things were gonna get bad from here. I'm like, are you talking about the immediate future? or are you ultimately actually talking about the dance of the dragons because he mm-hmm. also says this stuff around like this phrase doesn't just come up with like all of this death is foreshadowing ominous things, but also like. Man, when Reyna asked for Dragonstone, we should have known that things were going to get bad. And I'm like, is this just about how much you hate women? I think I'm one of the best ones is Arya. Arya? Arya?
1: Arya. Uh, a Targaryen princess who was always heir until someone else was born to take her spot, and now she's mad about it? Weird. Weird. I wonder right. if we're going to see that exact thing again. it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And the fact that area is always described as, like, um, like she's not described well. Like, she's not described positively. She's, like, mm-hmm. headstrong and, like, spicy. Right. And, you know, <laughs> not, not spicy, but you know what I mean. Like she's, yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. she She's, like, you know, not painted in a good light. And I do think that's a kind of protogenitor um, stereotype for how Rhaenyra will be described.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: I think I think that's the same as for Reyna to Rhaenyra it's like this kind of concept of like these independent Targaryen women mm-hmm. um is all the way all of them are archetyped I'll lead all allow the maester to lead you down the garden path to the archetype he'll need you to buy
2: mm-hmm. for the dance
1: of the dragons right yep
0: yeah 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 so like it's uh, the way I summarized it was like, see, all of this leads to the dangerous lady heirs who, who tear the world apart. Like whenever I see him saying like, oh, this is ominous. We should have known better. I'm like, what you're trying to say is like women, like women with power are scary yeah. and are going to destroy everything. And you want to keep telling us that. And any like you just said, any like a Targaryen woman like acts out of line, is like acting independently, he's going to be like, oh, this is a sign. Yep. This is a sign. See? See? All of these women who want power, it's gonna get bad. We should've known. And, like, I wonder how often that we should've known thing is
1: applied to the men in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been applied to Jaharis in the, like, we should've known how great he would be kind of way. <laughs> like, in <laughs> a positive
0: right. sense. Oh, uh, right. When he showed up after hitting puberty, we should've known just what a yeah. great king he was gonna be. He's got muscles now. Look at him with his his, his beard. He's so ready for this. <laughs> um, I think a bit with Megor in that way, we saw a little bit with the like, well, the rumors that he murdered cats. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. Megor did. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, But so far, I feel like that's the only. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. We I would, would have, have to go pay... back and look. Yeah,
1: I'd have to pay more attention to it. I haven't been looking for it specifically. But we can But I do think now. that
0: he he uses it more often with people that he, in this same way of, like, he knows that their reign is going to go poorly. So he'll be like, yeah. man, you know, when Aeneas just, like, didn't feel like riding a dragon, we should have known better that he was just going to be a weak, yeah. you know, spineless, indecisive king who mm-hmm. couldn't get anything done. Yeah. And I'm like, should you, though? Like, I don't really know that that correlates. Right, actually. exactly. <laughs> well,
1: it's, like, why all the decisions that Jaehaerys and Alessandra make are, like, the Oh, they were so good. They were so wise. Like, they were really lucky some of this shit worked out. Uh-huh. You know? Right. Uh, and, like, you know, that's not because they were wiser than That it just happened that way. So, yeah. The, the hindsight right. bit of it is, like, really interesting.
0: And also, they were, like, traumatized kids who saw people make decisions that went very poorly. So, like, it makes sense. Like, with them taking their dragons on royal progress, like, which, you know, which yeah. gets us into, like, what's, what's happening in this story of, mm-hmm. like... I look at this and I'm like, oh, yeah, totally makes sense for Jaehaerys and Allison and be like, hey, remember when our older brother eventually like died or like was imprisoned, was basically under house arrest right. for a while because remember people our... were mad at him because they didn't take dragons? Maybe
1: we should take ours. Right, exactly. Oh, no, I think that they both of them are very smart and they understand the, you know, the use of the dragons and mm-hmm. just politics in general as well. You know, they're right. obviously both good at politicking. Which right. makes sense, because that's what they were raised in. They've been steeped in it since they were children. Um, right.
0: And they're not just learning in a vacuum. Right. Like, they're learning from, like, the choices that the, you know, the Targaryens that came before made. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably weren't super cognizant when Magor was in charge. But, like, I imagine that Alyssa did not neglect to tell them about all of the poor choices that Magor made. Yeah. And are like, maybe don't do things like Magor did. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I just... Gildane never really calls out the fact that, like, he wants to chalk every good decision that that they make up to Jaehaerys being just, like, the smartest boy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and, you know, or maybe his mom was like, hey, I've seen three different, you know, I've seen two Targaryen kings, and I watched one of my sons try and be king. Like, I've learned some shit. I've seen some shit. I can tell you about, like, what I think is the wisest decision to make.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that these are teenagers who are, like, being taught politics based right. on the the good and bad decisions of people who came before them. These are not just, like, super smart kids. Like, yeah. they are smart kids, but also, like, they're their educated. mom is probably- They're, they're yes. well-educated kids. I I, yes. and I would love, in, like,
1: an adaptation of this section, to see that. Like, to mm-hmm. see Alyssa teaching them. Kind of, we get yeah. scenes like that here and there in um, House of the Dragon, with, like, mm-hmm. um Joceris trying to learn Valyrian and- uh, yep. Rainier talking to him and stuff like that. But I would love to see, like, Alyssa's, like, they're basically their teacher. She's more or less homeschooling them. Yep. And what she's teaching them about is politics and court life and mm-hmm. war and, you know, these things that she's learned over time. Yeah. I, I would love to see that. That would be really cool. I think that would be great.
0: I am um, curious about who's in charge during this first royal progress. Um, Because, like, hmm. I what think Juhair's and in. Like, well, who's ruling in King's Landing? Oh, who's the hand right now, Damon? I think it's Damon. So, Damon. Yeah. Yeah, probably because it can't be Alyssa because she's at she's at Storm's End and she's pregnant. Yeah. Um so she's not at King's Landing, but I was like, I guess Damon's in charge? Yeah, it would be Damon, um, yeah. Mhm. Which is because fine because he's been on the
1: council forever, so.
0: Right. Right. Um it just stood out to me because this is other than um when Aegon and Reina went on progress. Mm-hmm. Um this is the first time that the progress has been like kind of everyone.
3: Mhm. Or
0: like and we'll see that that Jaehaerys and Alyssaan frequently go on progress together. Right. Which was not something that happened with Aegon and his two wives that like usually One always stayed back, yeah. One always stayed back to rule. Um but here like Jaehaerys and Alyssaan are going together, which means someone's ruling in King's Landing. Mhm. Um and yeah, I just find it really interesting, like, that opening paragraph of this section where, where the Archmaster's like, Jaharis was a really restless king and he was out on progress, like, throughout his reign. He went on the most royal progresses. And I was like, good politics. Also, what are the implications of that for who is actually in charge? Right. Yep. And, like, Gildane is not willing to think about the, like, it does not think about the fact that, like, if Jaharis is, like, Gone from King's Landing most of the time He's definitely not the one Ruling in King's Landing Well uh, Someone else is in charge of that council While he's gone
1: Well <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: It's fine Damon Valerian is very good And Jaehaerys is the biggest boy And he is the most in charge He's so in charge, Gretchen, he can be in charge from afar mm-hmm. He just sends yeah. psychic signals back Yeah, uh-huh. Right, right <laughs> All right, so let's get officially into what really happened. Uh-huh. Um, so we were talking about, the, we already sort of talked a little bit about the Royal Progress being smaller. Um, and the fact that he he can go to these smaller places. And I, I, in my notes, I called it a grassroots uh, campaign. I mean, that's what it is. Like, right, The mm-hmm. point of grassroots politicking is that instead of going to the big people that have like money, you go to lots of smaller people. And get yeah. a larger amount of smaller people on your side. And Jaharis at this point has already, Jaharis and Alton have already targeted the larger lords. <coughs> you know, they've mm-hmm. done that bit as the, of the politicking. So the people right. they do need to win over are the small folk. Um, and it's also very smart to get involved with the small folk because, like, the parents will see them or whatever, but the children will see them. Mm-hmm. And in 10 years or less, those right. kids are the adults. Right, because yeah. they become, come into their adulthood in their teen years. So it's really, like, it's a long game kind of thing to, mm-hmm. to do that. But because if you think about it, like, Jaharis and Alysanne, as everyone knows, this is not a spoiler, they rule a very long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you were a kid, and on the first progress of Harris and saw him when you were, like, eight, yeah. and then you're in your, like, 40s, and he's still the king, you know the loyalty mm-hmm. you're going to have to that yeah. man is, is going to be very powerful and mm-hmm. it's going to certainly stop any kind of rebellion. So it's, a, it's a really a genius way to, uh, to do the progresses. I think much more effective than just going to the, the Lords and with the giant, uh, with the giant amount of people in the progress.
0: Yeah. And this again, feels like one of those really, like, I agree with you that like, this feels like a smart decision that you make when you realize that like, you can't just rely on the lords for your power base. Mm-hmm. Um, which feels, again, like something that gets learned from what happened with uh, Magor. Yeah. That, like, one of the big flaws of Magor's reign is that he, I mean, focused on politically, I mean, a- apart from him being personally, you know not necessarily nice to people around him Mm -hmm. um, was that he focused on cowing the Lords. He was very, he was much more interested in like making sure that like the most powerful people were, you know, bent to his will, obedient to him. Right. And the, the faith militant worked because it was, because the faith militant was a grassroots organization. Yeah. It was
1: primarily made up of small
0: folk. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this, like, what you're saying about, like, he's doing, like, grassroots campaigning feels like a really smart counter to, like, okay, well, the biggest threat to Magor was this grassroots, like, religious fervor. Mm -hmm. So the way that we counter that is to do our own kind of grassroots organizing and try and reach the small folk on that level Mm -hmm. so that they won't ever rebel against us again. Oh, maybe. I was going to say, I wonder where Jaharis kind of got this idea. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that's it. That yep. like he
1: he put two and two together about the faith militant.
0: Do you hear all these birds chirping on
1: my end, I by the way? I do
0: hear a bunch of birds.
1: <laughs> Some of them are my birds, but most of them are outside birds. I can't do anything about it. You can't you can't <laughs> just shut up the outside birds. <laughs> they're a blanket over them. Carole. My my birds have a blanket over them, but they're they're <laughs> responding to the outside birds, so I'm going to do my best to edit it out, but uh, dear listeners, if you hear birds chirping, you're not going crazy. I'm just in a very apparently bird populous area right now. Mm -hmm. The birds (laughs) are organizing. Oh no! The birds have a grassroots organization.
0: Yep. The little tiny dinosaurs are gathering together. Is it grassroots if
1: they fly? Would it be like cloud, like wind, roots, wind gust organization? I don't know. (laughs) nest organization i don't know what it would be yeah, anyway
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um so one of the things that happens during these progresses is that we get some more about Allison and uh alisanne i think is a very popular character in general mm-hmm. oh my god they're like screaming outside i don't know what's happening there's like bird battles happening outside my apartment <laughs> <laughs> anyway Allison. yeah Allison. <laughs> So um, she holds her women's courts. you want to talk more about the women's courts? Yeah,
0: so in this, I feel like in this section, there are, like, a bunch of different things that are showing that, like, Alisan is just hitting the ground running mm-hmm. and already establishing, like, showing that she's going to be, like, a different kind of queen yeah, than her mother, um, but also a different kind of queen than Visenya and, um, and Rainey's that, mm-hmm. like she's, I mean, as we've been talking about that, like, Alison reps represents this, at least at the very beginning, this, like, working within the patriarchal system to mm-hmm. try and improve it. Right. And we're already starting to get that here. So the, the women's court is, like, the first example of that, of that. Like, she's already, like, doing her best to make space for the improvement of women's lives under patriarchy. Like, they go on royal progress, and her first thought is, like, all right, I got to talk to the ladies. I got to mm. hear what's happening to the women um, in the women's lives and what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. Um, which actually reminds me of what she did, um, during the golden wedding. Yeah. When, cause she Mm -hmm. was the one who was like, oh yeah, I'm going to hang out with, you know, all of the women. We'll, you know, do our, you know, quote unquote women's things. We'll have parties and we'll brunch Mm -hmm. and we'll talk and like, we'll hang out that like, it makes this actually fits really neatly within like the existing characterization of Alysanne. Like we know that she's the kind of person who does this and whether Mm -hmm. she learned this from her mother or not. Um. This is, like, smart. She's already showing that oh, she's, yeah. she's trying to make well, change. it's sort of interesting because I'm, I'm thinking about, like, why Allison
1: did this. And mm-hmm. it's, politically, it's politically smart. Um, the main thing I was thinking when I was reading it was that, you know, Jaharis Harris is sort of going for this grassroots, go to the smaller areas kind of thing. Uh, women are an extremely important part of that.
2: Mm-hmm. And Allison would
1: understand how a woman influences her husband because that's all Alessand does (laughs) (laughs) is influence Jaehaerys to -hmm. do things. So she would understand that politically, that you have to get the women on your side in Mm -hmm. order to get the household on your side. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think also there's another aspect of it that is interesting. Because I was just thinking, you know, you said that she's going to be a different queen than Alyssa. And I was thinking about Mm -hmm. other queens. I was thinking about Cersei. And someone like Cersei Lannister would never in her life hold a women's court.
0: No, she hates women too much. She hates
1: women too much, right? Her internalized misogyny is like at 110%. And she doesn't think women are people. So she doesn't, Mm -hmm. she doesn't, she would never do something like that. Yep. Alicenne recognizes that women are people, which shouldn't be something drastic for this society, but is, even for women. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. there is so much toxic misogyny in this patriarchy, it, it seeps into women and women develop internalized misogyny, just like yeah. real life. Um, and, <laughs> and I think at this point, one thing we're seeing from Alice Sand is that she does not have, I don't want to say she doesn't have internalized misogyny because at this point in her life, she is still abiding by the rules of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And that requires some level of sexism, misogyny, it, but more um, benevolent Mm -hmm. are more benevolent kind of sexism uh, which is still sexism but just of a different uh, flavor
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: but she doesn't hate women yeah she doesn't have uh, disdain for women she doesn't we we never so far we've never seen anything Mm -hmm. where she's been like you know blaming women for their plight right as opposed to someone like Cersei Lannister who absolutely blames the woman for their circumstance Mm -hmm. you know at, and thinks horrible things about other women right and i think that's that's maybe one of the things that distinguishes Alicent from some of her other 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 queens that have existed is the the amount of misogyny the amount of internalized misogyny she has and I, I think it's relatively low yeah at this point
0: yeah even though she's a woman with power in a in in a way that like a lot of other women don't have power in westeros you know mm-hmm. she's a she's a targaryen queen she's got a dragon Mm -hmm. Um, she still has a lot of compassion for and interest in the suffering of women under patriarchy who do not have that power. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, rather than turning around and going like, "Well, you should just have power." I mean, right? Just do. Have you tried being better? Right. Have you Have you tried, you know, having a dragon and Mm -hmm. you know not being pushed around by the men in your life? Maybe Mm -hmm. that instead. It feels like her, she has a level of compassion for the experiences of the women around her mm-hmm. and an, and a desire to hear that and understand that and improve it yes. in a way that we have yet to see mm-hmm. in a Targaryen, like, woman.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like we have seen Targaryen women show power <clears throat> and we got a little bit with Rainey's. I was like- going to say, I wonder if Rainey's had <coughs> lived longer.
1: If right. there would have been a similar trajectory for her. This is also a very similar uh, characterization as Daenerys. Yes. It's pretty much Daenerys' characterization to a T. Mm-hmm.
2: And I wonder how much
1: of Queen Allison and Daenerys are going to be parallel. Yeah. And what that means, if anything.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's also more like Sansa. Sansa yeah. fits into that characterization as well. And Martin is doing something with, like, for some people, their suffering and their experiences get transmuted into empathy and compassion for others rather than a hardness Mm. and a cynicism about the world and society because Mm. Sansa's treated like shit um Mm -hmm. and yet the way that she treats Ser is like utterly unexpected Mm -hmm. in her society for like Sansa to like be kind to you know the drunk knight who ends up becoming a fool right and like she is marked by her compassion for the Hound. That, like, Mm -hmm. she looks at him and is like, what made you this way? Right. Why, you know, and wants to understand, you know, why people hurt. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing that with Aliceanne. And this is the first time we've seen that in, like, a ruling queen. Yeah. To be like, I might have power, but, like, or, like, consistently, because we did see it with Rainies. Mm -hmm. But she she died before. Yeah, I think you're right that if Rainies had probably lived longer, things might have been different um because yeah. she already had that instinct in her
1: i mean we see parallels between allison and Rainey's and making laws that benefit women mm-hmm. right because Rainey's also made the the rule of thumb haha <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh-huh. and that was you know a law about how many times you can beat your wife um but right. you know that re- that did establish a law that was supposed to protect women and Alison does the same thing mm-hmm. um i don't know i think it's a really interesting i don't think we have an answer to it at this point but thinking about why how suffering affects people and how
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'd seen these different characters because you have you know your services that yeah. go through various sufferings and come out on the other side hard and imposing that on others um and then you have your sansas mm-hmm. who don't and you have i mean like it's just interesting how how trauma affects different people and right. the you know why the, the question being why, and I, I think it's a wildly complicated question that is one of the main things Martin is exploring.
0: Right. I mean, it's the, like, well, why do we fight, flight, flee, or fawn? Right. Like, mm-hmm. there are various responses to danger.
3: Mm-hmm. Why
0: does one person tend to do one over the other? <laughs> like, it's not an easy answer. Because the brain is meat with electricity in it. And right. It does yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, and different different,
1: you know, meats do different things. D- different meats do different things. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast about electric <laughs> meats. <laughs> Have oh you? Oh my ever gosh. Thought? I imme-
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah. I immediately thought of Philip K. Dick and was like, I dream of yes, electric meat. Yes, <laughs> look <laughs> uh,
1: Sometimes I do dream of electric meat. Sometimes my electric meat dreams for me.
0: Mm. <laughs> Ooh.
2: Ooh. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah no like I I mean we could, I could talk a lot about but like anyway I do think that Martin is exploring the various responses to danger and like why you know and like I don't know that he has an answer for like why different people do different things but he's mm-hmm. definitely interested in the phenomenon that like you can put you know like the, the Stark children all experience the same trauma in the loss of their father mm-hmm. but like all of them respond in wildly different ways. I think
1: the point of the books at this point, again, the, in this unfinished series that I love and have spent so much time with, uh, on this point, I don't know if the, if the, the text is trying to answer the question, why do people do that? Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's the question my mind goes to, but I think it's more trying to make you, the reader feel empathy with everyone's decisions. Yes. Because like you can like Cersei's horrible. But when you read the Walk of Shame, like that's that's not that's not a you know good. She got what's coming to her kind. It's not. It's not. It's mm-hmm. it's terrible. It's it's yep. a horrible thing that happened to her, and you can understand knowing Cersei's life why she is as she is. You cannot agree yeah. with it, but mm-hmm. you can understand why she is that way.
0: And right. I think like, that's
1: more the point than
0: right. She's the monster that the, like she, at some point in her life, she decided to become the monster that the patriarchy already believed her to be and Mm -hmm. was like, fine, if that's what you think I am, then like, I'll just be that
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and I'll just do it harder. And as hard as I can, I will be the, you know, I will be the monster that you believe, already believe me to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, Absolutely. Uh, all right. Anyway, this book. (laughs) uh, Getting, getting back to fire and blood. Um, (laughs) the bathhouse want to talk about the bathhouse and the wise women and Jonkel Dark and I just
1: so I I wanted to point out that one of the kings got outside was Joffrey Doggett and uh-huh. I just I just love jo- Joffrey Doggett because if if I had a choice to like to write a, like a mini series about uh-huh. from from Fire and Blood um I wouldn't choose myself to write Alyssa Farman because I don't think I could do a good enough job I would I would want somebody real to do that but I feel like I could write a pretty good one about Joffrey Doggett. Mm. And uh Lady Lucinda. And I think like the little details we get about them here and there are fascinating. And my in my head canon Joffrey Doggett's kind of like a little bit hypersexual as a human. Like he's like a little bit randy. Mm-hmm. And when there's this option of like who's gonna guard the naked women in the bathhouse? <laughs> you know, I just imagine him being like, I'll do it. <laughs> and like that's I just saw that and I'm like, of course Joffrey Doggett is there outside the bathhouse. Of course he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyway, that, that's a, a no point of analysis. Just, I thought that was funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, go mm, ahead. I was just gonna say, no, but we, we said before the wise woman protecting Alice Ann, that's, I mean, that's exactly what Alyssa wanted and the one act- actually, like, gave her life. So yep. that worked really, really well.
0: Yeah, and if I were, like, if, I don't know that this scene, I don't know that this scene, like, is kind of any different like if i were adapting this this mm-hmm. scene i i don't know that i would need to change anything like i feel no. like this is really good as it is mm-hmm. um especially getting to see like i mean i feel like it would definitely be more powerful if we spent more time with Alisande and the wise women and like got to see the nature of their relationship and the bond that they have yeah because we don't really see that but by the time you get to hear, you're like oh my gosh Like, these women that have been living with Alysanne aren't just, like, her besties. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not just, like, good friends. Like, these are basically her Kingsguard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're, like, the the non-martial equivalent of her Kingsguard. Like, these are women who are utterly devoted to her welfare to the point that even, like, wet and naked from a bath, like, they will defend themselves against, like... People who are, like, coming at the queen with knives. Yep. And, like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like this would be, like, such a really cool scene to be, like, you know, a bunch of women are, like, look, I'm naked. Like, I'm, like, it's Mm -hmm. a really bad idea to, like, be naked and get into, like, a knife fight. But, like, they don't hesitate. Mm -hmm. Like, they just go for it and are, like, I will die for the queen. Yeah.
1: Because. I think it would be a visually stunning, visually Mm -hmm. stunning scene. Yeah. Absolutely. Um.
0: And I was thinking about, like, what does it say about the kind of how important Alisand is that, like, she has her own Kingsguard, the equivalent of a Kingsguard, Mm -hmm. that, like, we're so used to associating the Kingsguard with, like, well, yeah, of course, the most important person in the realm needs to have, like, a cadre of people around him to protect him from everybody. And, Mm -hmm. like, Alisand has that. Like, sure. And she also has a dragon. That's the thing. Like, this is, like... She doesn't just have a dragon in the way that, like, Visenya and Rhaenys have it. And, like, I I feel like someone could say, like, well, but, like, you know, if you're a Targaryen queen, you don't need to have a Kingsguard because you got dragons. And I'm like, right, but that's bullshit because the king also has dragon right, a dragon. Right, and a King's Art, Kingsguard, right, exactly. Too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like it's one of those, like, really subtle markers of how important Alisan is to the realm, that she has her own,
1: I mean, the like, fact, yeah, absolutely. And the fact, too, that, that this is not an official group... Like, the uh-huh. Kingsguard, they're like, this is an official group. You get something in return for being on this. You get to be honorable. Your name's right. in history. You get to, like, it's, like, a really cool thing for your house. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, it's checking all those feudalism boxes you want to check. Right. These are just ladies who are, like, really dedicated to her. hmm And she's just, like, a political prodigy, pretty much.
0: Right. You know? Right. Oh, yeah. And, it, like, you saying it that way makes me realize that, like, these these wise women like go in the box of like they get shafted by history mm-hmm. because under feudalism like they don't get recognized for the service that they're doing unlike the King's Guard, which mm-hmm. is as you say an official like you know system under feudalism that's like wow yes you are really important men because it is your job to protect the king mm-hmm. and like these women are like going to mostly be unsung most of their acts most of what they do is not going to be recognized by history because they're women Mm -hmm. but like what they're doing is just as important as what the kingsguard does
1: oh definitely i mean in this case this is the closest somebody comes to killing either Jaharis or Alison, i believe
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i think so yeah i mean so what they did particularly the one who sacrificed her own life Mm -hmm. you know what they did to protect her uh is more important than anything the kingsguard ever did
0: yeah. Let me just let me just find her name um rosamond Ball yeah so the 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 three women so septa Edith was slashed across the face prudence Keltigar was stabbed in the shoulder and then it says whilst rosamond Ball took a dagger in the belly that three days later proved to be the death of her hmm. um so RIP rosamond Ball you're a real yeah. one yeah you
1: sacrifice yourself for the queen poor went out for rosamond Ball
0: Mm-hmm. What gets me
1: though is that this whole thing happens, and then they obviously like hang out at maiden pool for a hot minute because like that one like Rosamond's dying and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And shit, the, Allison never takes a bath in the pool. I would have gotten that in that pool right away. I would have been like, right. "Fuck you! I'm getting in your fucking pool. Like yeah, you killed right? one of my friends. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in this pool." I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything in this pool. I'm never leaving this pool. I'm having my baby in this pool. Fuck you. Just, like, <laughs> just,
0: I'm going to have a water birth. I have now decided yes! <laughs> I'm going to have a water birth just to spite you because right. you tried to ruin my magic bath. I would have never gotten out of the magic bath. Like, <laughs> like,
1: I would have been all prunes, but it's just been like, damn you, I'm in this magic bath.
2: Uh huh. Um,
1: so um, then they do decide to bring on our girl, John Cool Dark. And yeah. we love her.
0: Just immediately immediately uh, we're like you know who we need we need that that awesome mystery knight jonkle dark
1: jonkle dark who does seem to a be a kind of a predecessor to brienne of tarth yeah you know, this this concept of like the lady knight uh-huh uh, yes who's big and badass and protecting some some woman some yep. lady uh
0: that hits all yeah. of my my queer feelings that's like one of my I... favorite I
1: so desperately want Jockwell Dark and Alison to have hooked up at least oh a few God. times. I mean yes. come on, come on. Yes. Come
0: oh, on. I want it. Because I just I love that dynamic. I'm such a sucker. Yeah. For the, like the lady and her lady knight is yeah. just like oh hits me right in my very queer feelings.
1: Yeah. I want a good sword lesbian story. Yes. Oh man. I would I mean I think Jaharis would be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah she can't get
0: pregnant it's not real sex she can't get pregnant it's fine <laughs> right it's fine They're, they were just good friends they just were companions she she was called the scarlet
1: shadow for how closely she guarded her queen
0: Ooh. <laughs> i mean listen if i were writing this right. if we were writing that, this this would be super gay <laughs> yeah this would be super gay everyone would be gay um yeah well everyone, it was uh so all genders would yeah. be at the very least bisexual exactly
1: um, I think Joffrey Doggett is bisexual. That 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 man strikes me as bisexual. Oh
0: yeah, he no, definitely yeah, does. Yeah, definitely. He
1: he cried when Jaehaerys uh made him a Kingsguard. That's some um, that's some bi, uh-huh. bi guy energy. Yep. Um, but uh, I was gonna say, oh, you ever watch the show Gentleman Jack?
0: Yes. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: The Ann Lister, who that show's about, it was a a real historical lesbian uh, mm-hmm. who kept her diaries. Whatever she slept with a ton of women um by telling them that like it wasn't real sex because they like couldn't have children uh-huh. so like it wasn't like infidelity or anything like that like it wasn't actually like uh-huh. extramarital sex
0: yeah don't worry it's fine. it's fine it's fine heteronormativity says that this is not sex so like right. you're good fun exactly <laughs> listen if that's the framework that you're given i say use whatever it is to yeah. the system.
1: You know what? It's totally fine. So maybe that's what John Cold Dark did anyway.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, um, there's this it- interesting little line uh in this section where uh when Jaheris finds out about the attempt on Allison's life, it says he mm-hmm. was furious and he like took her back to King's Landing immediately. Um this kind of reminded me of when like after Rogar threatened him on Dragonstone that one time, Jaharis just so happened to start training. Yeah. I don't think Jaharis was furious. Yeah. I think he was terrified. Yes. Because what do, what do furious Targaryens do? Furious Targaryens burn shit down with their dragons. Yep. Right? Yep.
0: He doesn't mm-hmm. I
1: don't think he was furious, I think he was terrified. Because yes. they ran. Yep. They yep. ran away immediately. Yep. And I think that the the narrative is so you know, patriarchy to, like, so so married to Jaharis is tough. That
2: mm-hmm. they can
1: never, it can never admit when Jaharis is scared. And it is perfectly fair to be scared when your wife is almost assassinated. Of
0: course you are. I just realized that, like, I can't, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. Of course he's terrified. This is what happened, like, I, he's immediately going, oh my god, this is what happened with Aegon and Reyna.
1: Hmm,
0: Yeah. They went on royal progress and people tried to kill them. Yep. Yep. Like, of course he's terrified. Mm -hmm. This would be, this would be exactly what every Targaryen would be afraid of after what happened with Aegon and Reyna. Yep.
1: It's their very first progress.
0: Yep. Very first progress and they get attacked. Yep. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And it fits as like a, as like a trauma response Mm -hmm. to be like, oh shit, this happened before. Fuck, we got to get away. Yeah. Like, you know, we at least have dragons, but and we can like run away back to Dragonstone or not mm. Dragonstone. We can we can go back to King's Landing. We we can at least escape in the way that like Aegon and Reina could not. Yeah, but like this has got to be like the fulfillment of everything that they would have been afraid of going mm. on Royal Progress because it doesn't
1: make any real sense for them to leave because the attack happens. She doesn't. She doesn't get hurt. And then yep. they identify all the people who were involved in the conspiracy. And there's I no know. indication that there's other people that are trying to kill right. them. They don't have any mm-hmm. evidence of that. They could have just continued with their progress. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they they don't. They run away. Yep. And the text yeah. admits that Alessand was shaken from it.
2: Mm-hmm. But the
1: text is not, the text only says that Jaharis was furious. Only only emotion man, man manly man yep. can feel is fury.
0: Yeah, they can be they can be angry, but they can't be yes. scared.
1: Yep, exactly. Um,
0: I also just want to say, we talked about this last time when you were talking about with Musa. Like, I really don't like this illustration. Oh, it's awful. It's Like, it grosses me out. Okay. Because I'm just like, this is at most a 15-year-old child. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet they're like, okay, one, her body just... I'm looking at that illustration She looks like she's 30
1: years old. She
0: looks like she's 30... She, of course, has really big boobs. Mm-hmm. It's super sexualized. Um, I can't even tell that she's pregnant. I was going to say,
1: that's the biggest thing. Is like, she's supposed to be like quite far along in her pregnancy, and she's yeah. like, She's also standing in the pool. So she got to go into the pool. Yeah, uh, according to is, this
0: illustration, she got into the pool. Yeah,
1: which is not uh, accurate. She never never got to take her bath. Yeah. Um, looks like a nice spa, though. Nice little steps. Yeah, it does anyway, look like a really nice spa. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is an awful picture. Uh this would be fine if Alison was twenty five. Uh uh-huh. she's not.
0: Yep. She's not. Yep. Zero percent accurate. Yep. Gross. Um anyway, like oh, tiny 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 point. Uh people getting belly wounds and dying from them is definitely like um childbirth symbolism. Oh, in what way? In the like um dying from a c-section like we will get it with some characters but like um it's not always childbirth. but like dying from a belly wound is like a running theme in martin Mm -hmm. um that i think i think ultimately has to do with like death in like a traumatic childbirth kind of Mm -hmm. way um but even when male characters like there are male characters who die from belly wounds like famously like Robert Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Um and there are other male characters who do, but like anyway, just like belly wounds are symbolically significant. Mm. Um actually every wound that the that like the the wise women receive here, like a, a slash across the face, um, like a stab in the arm and a belly wound are all like symbolically significant for Martin. He he goes back to those again and again, kind of like a slit throat. oh those are all like he's doing symbolism with those things um that like it would take me too long to explain Mm -hmm. um but like it has to do we should keep tags on Hmm, interesting we should keep tags on like belly wounds um like arm wounds um and slashes across the face like damage to the face Mm -hmm. um the arm wound i can explain pretty easily like it has to do with the arm of dorn there's like Hmm. and the symbolism about the arm of dorn being broken Interesting. Um, okay. So, like, yeah, like damage to arms and broken arms, um, mm-hmm. all kind of trace back to the idea of like the arm of Dorne is broken, mm-hmm. um, and like the the face wounds are like about the the breaking of the moon because the moon is a face, mm-hmm. um, and dragons come from the moon, right? And the you know, like the the moon yeah. cracked and gave birth to thousand thousand dragons, yeah. So like a like a slash across the face is like a moon. Like mm-hmm. it has to do with like the slashing the face of the moon, but that's also about pregnancy because the moon gives birth to dragons. So right, and the moon and phases
1: uh, are the we've always linked like moon phases with pregnancy and stuff like that because of the yep. months.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but like all three of those are like symbolic,
1: hmm. um,
0: symbolic wounds. I always thought that.
1: that the gut stuff is just that like this. I mean, I'm sh- they, I completely understand what you're saying in terms of symbolism. There's also a realism element where it's like. Yep. Even nowadays, getting an injury to your gut is very dangerous because a stab wound to your gut won't kill you immediately, but if your gastrointestinal intestinal tract is damaged, uh-huh. uh, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. So I, mean,
0: I don't know. I don't know what you mean, Caroline. Like Arya got stabbed in the belly. And then, like, oh, ran across Bravos and, like, but she, fell into but, a really muddy canal that was like gross and dirty and was totally fine.
1: No, no, you did that backwards. She got stabbed in the tummy, and then she went into the gross water. The gross water yeah. cured her, and then she uh, ran across Bravos. Ah, okay, right. Okay, so that's right,
0: the, right, right, the, right, right. Yeah, right. you need the yeah you the need like that good. Um, the you know, the, the microbes, water. the microbes cancel each other out. Yeah, like anything, yeah. any of the like gut bacteria that would have come out from the belly wound it like was the right bacteria back in. that's in the water. Right back was, in, <laughs> like, they just like you know cancel each other out, and everything's fine. And
1: then, but she learned how to tummy punch when she had to tummy stab the Night King.
2: Uh-huh. See,
1: see, tummy yeah. wounds are very dangerous. <laughs> They cause you and all of your bros to shatter into millions
0: of pieces. Yeah. They yes, destroy everything. <laughs> oh man, okay. remember the bad show? <laughs> oh my god. I try so hard not to, but there I cannot. Know. I cannot get it out of my brain. Um anyway, um Aegon, <laughs> the baby. That Uh-oh. you know, definitely, definitely would have survived if Alison had been able to take a bath in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you had our, We already talked about like you know maybe this is because she's fourteen years old and and incest. Yeah, uh, because
1: okay. also Jaharis and Allison are are siblings. Yep. And their so and their parents were one Targaryen and one Valerian, so they have like almost identical genetics. Yep. And then their kids. I mean, we're gonna see this with their children. There are some kids that clearly have incest issues. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. This first one I tend to say is more an age thing because like yep. when you're fourteen, fifteen,
2: mm-hmm. you're
1: more you're more likely to have a premature baby. Yep. And preemie babies are, are at high risk for everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, especially in this time before modern medicine, it was basically like you had your preemie baby and you just kind of crossed your fingers and hoped. Yep. It worked
2: mm-hmm.
1: out. As opposed to now, we have like a lot of stuff to to care for preemie babies. Right. Um, so yeah.
0: So poor little Agon. Poor little baby Agon. Um, I really like the symbolism of the fact that, like, we don't get the widow's law until after mm-hmm.
2: this happens.
0: So, to me, like, the way that I, if I were telling this story, I would have this be one of those moments that we were talking about earlier where, like, suffering and grief breeds compassion. Yes. Like, that, like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Alison having just suffered a loss, mm-hmm. like, turns yeah. around and is, like, how can I, like wow, there are other women who, like, also have suffered losses and are suffering, like, how can I improve their lives? That, like, there is, like, to yeah. me, like, a really strong story there about, like, she she has suffered, like, a really deep loss. Like, her firstborn child mm-hmm. just died. And yeah. what does she do? She goes on progress and makes the widow's law. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and I think there's a really good lesson there, too. Like, if you were to adapt it to a television show, maybe put those two things either in the same episode or back-to-back episodes Mm-hmm. Um, a really good lesson there is, you know, how one way to deal with grief, uh, mm-hmm. or, or part of the grieving process, is to do kindness for others, like to do things for other people, uh, mm-hmm. in a kind of karmic universe sort of way, like right. to to not, um, you know, to to help yourself process the grief is to to ha- help other people in. You know, in their grief, basically. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be something that would be really powerful for Alicent, especially. If this was a television show adaptation, to depict her so young, Mm -hmm. I think it's such an important part of her story. Yeah. That she's so young, it would be hard to do. Like, it'd be kind of hard to watch. Like, it's kind of hard to watch um, Alicent in House of the Dragon be so pregnant and and be so 15, you know. And and I know intellectually that that actor is not 15, right? But they depict her so young and it's it's hard to see that Mm -hmm. but that's part of the story and and i think for Alison, that would be these things to kind of together around the same time would be really powerful
0: yeah yeah i agree um yeah so uh do we want to talk about the widow's law
1: yeah so the widow's law is interesting so basically uh there's an issue That happens in Westeros, where, like, if you've got a lord and a lady, and he, you know, they have some, they have a gaggle of children, and then she dies, and he remarries, and he has more children, uh, or even if he doesn't have more children, he just remarries, uh, has a second wife. Mm -hmm. Upon his death, there can be complications. Yep. Because, say he didn't have more, more kids with the second wife. The kids from the first wife might not like second wife, and might just throw her out or Mm -hmm. disinherit her and, like, leave her a pauper, more or less. Or it could happen in reverse. He could say, I like my second wife, and we had a bunch of new kids, and this is my new family, so I'm going to leave everything to them and disinherit my first kids. And Mm -hmm. it just, like, caused all kinds of problems, because there are people that were of a certain social class expecting to be cared for, particularly women in this circumstance who don't have the option to create their own wealth. They have to have wealth as associated with a man. Uh, And they were just being left to be, like, destitute, in mm-hmm. their later years which was like really sad and like really shitty right so alison make the widow's law that basically made those two circ- situations illegal
0: yeah yeah i want to read this for folks so if you have a book this is on page 204 to rectify these ills king jahari is in 52 ac i mean queen Allison. <laughs> <laughs> king
1: jahari gretchen Allison cannot pass any laws
0: <laughs> promulgated the widow's law reaffirming the right of the eldest son or eldest daughter, where there was no son mm-hmm. to inherit, but requiring said heirs to maintain surviving widows in the same condition they had enjoyed before their husband's death. A lord's widow, be she a second, third, or later wife, could no longer be driven from his castle nor deprived of her servants' clothing and income, because that's what they were doing. We're basically right. just like, we don't like our stepmom, so we're gonna kick her out. Right. Um. The same law. This is this is part of what I wanted to get to. The same law, however also forbade men from disinheriting their children by a first wife in order to bestow their lands, seat, or property upon a later wife or her own children. Fuck the dance of the dragon. Yep, 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 exactly, yep. (laughs) It is literally law. Yep, Literally law that you cannot disinherit a child of a first marriage in order to, you know, to pass inheritance on to the children mm-hmm. of a second wife, and I'm just looking at this and going, Alicent, Alicent tried to do this. Like, this is what they were doing in well, the dance. Alicent was I saying, also, no, like, no, 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 we got to disinherit mm-hmm. the child of the first marriage mm-hmm. so that my kids can inherit, and it's literally law that they can't do that, but I guess you can if you're the king.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting because during the dance, I, and I forget in Fire and Blood itself if this, com- if this law comes up, did, no, when Viserys, they, they, is. but and, and we know in House this. the Dragon, in House of the Dragon, while Viserys is alive, this law does not come up. But I don't know why, because Viserys, even in the show, makes a comment about how like the the place has kind of been going to shit since his grandma died.
2: Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm.
1: he should know the things that Alysanne did, and he could have easily yeah. just clapped back at anyone saying like, "Well, Aegon should be the heir." He could have just been like, "No, my grandmother passed King Jah- my grandfather Jaheris passed a law that makes this very clear we cannot disinherit Rainera.
2: Yep. But yep. that
1: conversation never happens. This is why you need fucking lawyers in this place because you need people that can go and cite and cite this shit.
0: Right. And I also just love that it says or the eldest daughter if there is no son. Yeah. And yet Gildane like Gildane even admits that the widow's law allows for the inheritance of daughters. Yeah. From a first marriage. But by the time you get to the Dance of the Dragons, he's like, no one believes... Women can't inherit. No one believes that daughters can inherit.
1: What I will say is that we would have to look at the actual text of the widow's law. I'm sure it is, like, statutorily written somewhere. Because the way it is described in the text, there is space for you to make an argument that it it allows for the... It prevents the disinheritance of children from a first marriage. Uh It allows for the inheritance by girls... If there are no boys available. Yep. Those two things do not necessarily always exist simultaneously. Right. So it the way the way it is written in the text as it is, you could argue that, like, say there's a first marriage with a daughter, and that's the only kid, and there's a second marriage with a bunch of sons. You you can't so a girl can inherit when there are no sons available, but there are sons available. So if that supersedes The section about not disinheriting the kids from the first marriage Mm -hmm. then that the question would be which is controlling because one has to control over the other they can't always coexist so uh that would be the interesting question do you need both like do you need to be like like if you had a girl in the first marriage and a bunch of girls in the second marriage then is it the girl in the first marriage keeps it you know or...
0: i would say so because it says like reaffirming the right of the eldest child i'll, I'll just say it that way yeah. reaffirming the right of the eldest child to inherit but requiring said heirs to maintain surviving widows so it's like yeah sure like the mm. old the oldest child has to inherit but they also got to take care of their stepmom right yeah it's, and, it's, it's you, interesting. And, and, and like a stepmom can't disinherit children from a preceding marriage in order for her own children to right inherit. it's
1: it's definitely interesting. I would I wish this was part of the dialogue in both the book and the show because yeah. I could see the you could there's light there to, yep. to make space for either argument. It would depend how it was written down and the patriarchy could very easily conclude uh, the boy the, the boy aspect comes first
0: yes right yeah i mean they definitely would that's what they do exactly yeah um but to my mind it's just one of these like nuggets of like anyone who wants to say that like aegon the third should have been king you know by by rights or by laws or whatever i want to be like look like if you want to talk about laws let's talk about laws let's talk about the the question the good
1: question is what did allison want it to mean
0: yeah. Allison clearly wanted it to mean the
1: oldest child, regardless of gender, is mm-hmm. in- the inheritor. And no, you cannot kick out your stepmom. Yep. That's what she wanted it to mean.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Is that how it was written or interpreted? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not nice. for the king, at least. Not for the royal family. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The exception is the royal family. Yeah. Because we all know that only dudes should be in charge. Right.
1: right. Exactly. They, um, can't, they can't have it. But it's so super interesting and right up my alley and I love it so much.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That we literally have a law. Like, we have a law on the books mm-hmm. by which Rhaenyra should have inherited That's throne.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Um, so, uh, I also want to talk about just a teensy bit. Like, I mostly just wanted to note that, like, Janice Templeton, like, it, it has this tiny little note Who that, is like, she? She's one of the wise women.
1: Oh, she was one of the wise women. Okay, oh, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, she's what she's part of. Uh, Alisan's retinue. That like when Alisan is in, you know, she stays home from the progress in the Riverlands because she's once again very pregnant. And this mm-hmm. is definitely not because they're terrified that she could get that there would be another assassination attempt. This is just you know you got to protect the baby. No, they were. Harris wasn't terrified. He was furious, Gretchen. Yeah, he was furious. He was furious. Um. Because, like, okay, so, yeah, again, more evidence that he was not furious is that Jaharis decided that he was going to stay with Alisan and not go on royal progress. Yeah. Um, he's so furious at the assassination attempt that he was like, maybe we just should cancel the royal progress. Yeah, what if we stay now home? That you're what if we stayed home? <laughs> and Alisan's like, no, 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 you go. I'll stay here. So, I, will,
1: I will. So Catelyn and Ned mm-hmm so catelyn and ned
0: right yep um alisanne will preside over can like you go on progress i will preside over the council meetings um hold audiences from a velvet seat at the base of the iron throne definitely not ruling no while you're death, gone death, death.
1: women cannot rule they can't make laws <laughs> she's just sitting there to look pretty that's the safest place for her is to sit at the base of the iron throne yeah it's a good good place for her to be
0: but there's this tiny note that says, At his queen's request, Lady Janice Templeton traveled with the king to hold women's courts at River Run and Stony Sept in her place. Like, one, Janice Templeton, I want to know more about her because she's probably gotta be really cool mm-hmm. for Aliceanne to like trust her to run the women's courts.
1: Yeah. She's probably been at previous women's courts, would be my 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 yeah. my headcanon
0: for that. Um, but also the women's courts are that important. Mm. like that's the other thing that this points to is like Alisan is like no this is important to have even if i'm not there yeah mm-hmm. like we the women's court needs to happen even if i can't preside over it like it's that right. important to her this young you know like she's a 15 year old and this is already that important and mm-hmm. like i just love that about Alisan that yeah. she's like this is just because i'm not there doesn't mean we cancel the women's court just like one of my most trusted you know Mm-hmm. Intimate friends is going to be in charge of the women's court while I'm gone, and I trust her to hold it and to like communicate whatever she hears to me.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there's just like something there, and I would love to see that adapted. Whatever that series of scenes where like Alison goes to Janice and is like, "You need to like please do this for me," and then we get to see Janice doing it, and then Janice coming I back and telling the queen.
1: Especially if we kind of tie together the the loss of the baby mm-hmm. with her okay. kind of. Processing her grief through helping women and like doing these things and finding really, really purpose in that and and successfully doing it and successfully passing laws about it Mm -hmm. for her Mm -hmm. to be like, no, this is really important. This really needs to continue. Like that through line makes sense to me.
0: Yep. Yep. Um. Because it would have been easy
1: for her to just be like, yeah, you know, I'll do it next time. Whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do it. But like she's like, no, the because also these women's courts being held in different geographical locations. So as they're yes. progressing, so she, mm-hmm. like, did the ones in the crown Lands. She, like, did the ones elsewhere. And so if she doesn't go and do it here, the women in all of these areas basically just get ignored. Right. And she doesn't know the next time she's going to be around there. So it's, like, it's not like it can be rescheduled and we can all zoom in and do it another time. Like, it has to be, it has to be during this progress. And if it's right. not her, it has to be somebody else. So that, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And one thing we didn't know earlier that I just realized because I was paging through the book, um, about the women's court is that it was not just highborn women right oh that I it know says it, high, high, it says highborn and low so like she this isn't just about like hey other rich ladies tell me about your problems it was mm-hmm. like she wanted to hear from like all of the women mm-hmm. in westeros and i yeah i just mostly wanted to point out that like this is not just this really is kind of more of that grassroots organizing that we're talking about she really is like i want to hear from like the small folk
1: yeah and very mm-hmm. Daenerys. It's very Daenerys of her. Mm-hmm. You know, that same kind of—that's the same vibe. Yep. Um. You want to talk about Queen Alyssa?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Queen Alyssa and her pregnancy. Um she is Gretchen.
1: Like- she is so beautiful and brave, and tragic and and amazing, and she's just so the bravest lady.
0: I just like. Uh <laughs> I rolled my eyes so hard on page 201 when they when the the archmaster is telling you know discussing the fact that everyone found out she was pregnant and it says like her pregnancy was received as a miracle you know in old town the high septon himself proclaimed it was a blessing from the gods a gift from the mother above to the mother to a mother who had suffered much and bravely I While highlighted his- the same uh. text I highlighted the same quote in my book <laughs> oh my God. Right, yeah, because what we need to remember about Alyssa is that she's a a mom who's suffered. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know how you know what the gods do to moms who suffer—they give them more babies. Yeah, what's the problem? More babies. Yeah, and they're in their forties.
1: I a have blessing. a lot of questions about this pregnancy because how long have Rogar and Alyssa been married at this point? I'd have to go back and check.
0: Because they got married like four or five years. Yeah.
1: They got married when Jaharis was still like a teenager, like younger.
0: Yeah. In the Regency. In the
1: Regency. So I guess it's possible that if they were regularly having sex that she didn't get pregnant until now. But I'm also beginning to wonder if when they were in King's Landing they just weren't regularly having sex.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yep. if like Alyssa was working and didn't like feel like it and, like, had other shit to do and now she's kind of, like, trapped at Storm's Ends with him. Right. You know, yeah. I don't know. A, a reading like that could get really sinister really fast and I don't know if that's necessarily what the text is implying because it is also possible that she just didn't get pregnant previously and just did at this point. Um, right. But you'd think the pregnancy would be more likely when she was younger uh, uh. than when she's older, but she also just seems to be, like, a pretty fertile lady. She just she's got she's had a lot of kids. Uh-huh. And she's you know
2: gotten pregnant a lot in her
0: life. Mhm. All right. So the year of the three brides. Sorry, I'm just checking that section with the that's where the golden wedding is. What year is that? Cuz we're in 52 AC, right, right. now. Right. Um and what year is it that they get married? I cannot find the year that they get married. Um I think it's the f- it's like the 49th because the end of that chapter talks about how it's like the 50th year. Um, yeah, that would so make sense. sense. Okay, so they've only been so married like 2 or 3 years. Yeah, so years. they've only been married like 2 or 3 years. Okay, I that's not
1: as suspicious then.
0: I thought right. it was longer. Right. And if she I mean and four women in her 40s when you're when you have decreased fertility it's not unusual for it to take two or three years for a pregnancy like that to right happen.
1: exactly that, that's what i was thinking As I, I was thinking about it i was like oh,
0: i don't know mm-hmm. what, what that means exactly um, but i would also buy that they they might not have been having like you know super regular sex because i i feel like Alyssa was probably doing more things they probably I both
1: liked. were because he was also on the council they probably busier mm-hmm. at that time and they weren't trying to have children yes yep so they were like whatever sex they're having is like for pleasure, which like good for them 3 hmm
2: right, mm-hmm. right. We, are a, yeah. we are
1: a sex positive podcast
0: absolutely um,
1: i I mean, I actually think probably alyssa
0: was not happy to be pregnant again mhm--
2: mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: I cannot imagine that the, that she perceived this as like the blessing that I mean because even when she has her baby, it says that she was like
1: she never fully recovers.
0: Yeah, and she was, like, terrified because she had lost a baby.
1: The last baby she had, Viola. The last baby had she died, had yeah.
0: died. Um, and
1: she said, like, she couldn't do- deal with that again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. That, like, she didn't want to, like, yeah, that she was worried about the baby dying. And, like, the baby doesn't. Um, She has a healthy baby boy. Um, But then, yeah, like, but she is afraid that the baby is going to die. Which, again, super reasonable both for her age and because her last baby died.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: that it would be really reasonable for her to It's okay. To, like, she had this pregnancy and it went well and I'm sure this will never happen again. Yeah, no, this is gonna be fine. This she's had fine. she's had seven kids. Why not an eighth? Why not an eighth? This is that's fine. Yeah, um she'll be great. Uh, we gotta talk about our girl Raina. Our girl Raina Our okay, girl reina.
1: I think in a previous podcast we talked about Dreamfire laid eggs. Uh-huh. On Fair Isle.
2: Yep. And
1: laid, like, a clutch of three eggs. And we were like, ahaha, ha ha the eggs, the three eggs. Uh-huh. But then this the text here says that those all hatched on Dragonstone.
0: Yeah, So I think those
1: are not our three eggs.
0: Maybe not. I don't know, because some eggs get stolen.
1: But there's just other eggs. I, I think maybe the point of including that was that eggs not... Eggs hatched elsewhere, only... Uh, egg, uh, Sorry, eggs laid elsewhere, only hatched on Dragonstone.
0: Mm. Like, maybe
1: the point is to support the theory that, like, you need to be, like, in the heat of the volcano or whatever
0: Yeah. to hatch
1: it, because, uh-huh. because they didn't hatch, like, on the ship on the way back or anything like that. Right. Know? They didn't hatch in the middle of the country walking across it.
2: Mm-hmm. They only hatch
1: when they returned to Dragonstone. Um, right. But I don't think those are, I don't think then those are our three eggs.
0: Yeah. So we don't know, we don't know whose eggs were stolen. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like there's, I don't, like a part of me is like maybe they're not, but also I feel like there is still, it's just, uh, the threads are all there and we can I talk know. about this later, but like, and it, it feels like, it feels also like, I mean, a, does Gilday know that? How does Gilday know that all of them hatched? Um, I
1: mean, that's the that's the thing. It's like it, it's, it could be that fog of history where, like, we maybe other eggs hatched and it wasn't Dreamfire's clutch, right? And it, and Farman did steal Dreamfire's clutch. Like, we we don't actually know.
0: Hmm. Right. And you know, also like, does all really mean all?
1: But it was a clutch of three, wasn't it? Didn't Dreamfire laid a clutch of three? I don't, I
0: don't, I don't know that I knew that it was exactly. I would have to go back and check. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, I would, I would have to go back and check as whether it was a clutch of only three or like only three specifically were called out, mm-hmm. or you know, and maybe there were more. I mean, I kind of love, were, you know, the, I don't know,
1: I love the symbolism of like Raina's dragon being the the mother of the dragons that Daenerys mm-hmm. gets. Right. But there's also something significant about it being the the eggs of an unknown dragon. Right. right. And that it's just that um primordial power
0: mm-hmm. that's being
1: tapped into that doesn't have a lineage. Right. You know, it, it isn't powerful by by way it's not powerful because its parents were powerful. It's just powerful for being.
0: Right. Yeah, right. that the,
1: there's also symbolism there. So yeah, I could rock it up. It's the Ray Nobody. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. Which I really, really liked. Yeah. If only they had finished that series of movies. Um <laughs> Yes, I think I know what you're talking about. Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> um so yeah, I I agree with you that this makes it this makes it less likely. I had the same thought when I saw it. I was like, oh no, does that mean no. these aren't
1: our eggs? So if I was doing an adaptation, I would change this. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. If I was doing an adaptation, I would definitely change yeah. this. And maybe yeah. Dreamfire laid more than one clutch of eggs on Fair Isle, and so there's a way for like both to be true, um, or even just yeah. you can just ignore this. Um, well, yeah, just
1: ignore it entirely.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, I feel like the most interesting part is like, what's going on with right now? Right now, psychologically, like, I don't what know. is happening with her? I don't know. How old is she now? She's in her forties. No, she's gonna be in like her late twenties, maybe early thirties, because her mom's forty six. Oh yeah, you're right. Her mom's forty six,
1: but she's the first born, and let's see. So yeah, she's gotta be late late twenties. Yeah, because basically mm-hmm. when Alyssa had her, so. I don't know, man. I don't know. She's like, kind of falling out with Alyssa, kind of falling out with her kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I wonder if her her relationship with Arya must be so complicated, right? Right? Because like that's the one kid she the other she knows the other one said that it was not dead or anything,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: the kid she's got left from a marriage that she didn't she didn't not want to be married to her brother, but she also was like a lesbian yep so, yep certainly, in her older age has realized that you know she, that was forced on her if she had the choice, she wouldn't have done that, yeah, um and this is the child who's the product of that, yep, that she doesn't really know,
0: uh-huh, right,- okay, so for those of you who like whether like may or may not have read this, like what we're talking about is that the book says that like you know she's on Dragonstone now. And just like, like lords did when, when Jaehaerys and Alysanne were hanging out on Dragonstone, like, people start coming to court. Mm-hmm. They're coming to see her. Um, it says, neighboring lords began to seek her out, but the queen in the east was not her brother. Many of her visitors were received coldly. Others turned away without an audience. So, like, lord, people are coming to court her favor, and she just seems not into it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And then, like, she brings her daughter, as we talked about in the last, epi- like, you know, in one of our previous episodes, that, like, she goes to Jaehaerys and is like, I want my daughter back, please. And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, fine. Um, and it's not going well, like, cause they yeah. barely know each other, um, and and yet like, Reyna's like needed somehow, like for some reason, like needed to have her daughter there, mm-hmm. um, and like Aria's not having a fun time because she really liked being at court because it, you know, it was exciting and there were lots of lords and she could do a lot and she seems to be like a really adventurous, kind of high energy child and like not a lot is happening on Dragonstone. There's like right. You know? People It's, and coming, not, it's not, not very hot. big
1: Dragonstone's like Not actually like Very big It's like a little Rocky island That's like rainy All the time That's why Stannis Doesn't like it mm-hmm. um, There's nothing to Really to like about it I mean there's dragons That's cool mm-hmm. But
0: I don't know Which is like The only mean. cool thing For Area Is that there are dragons And has yeah. to hang out With dragons
1: I don't know What's going on With now.
0: I, I wonder if it's One of those
1: things Of like While we, we're seeing Alisand flourish Right? In uh-huh. her role Yep As a leader Mm-hmm. Reina is someone who also should be in that role. Yeah. Like, should be in a leadership position, but is mm-hmm. not. Yep. And she's wilting, you know, yep. in that position. She's wilting without having a purpose.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: not for lack of stuff or lack of people. She's got her stuff and she's got her girlfriends and whatever. Uh, but she just, like, what is she doing?
0: Yep. Yeah, if I – I know that if I – like, the text doesn't make this explicit, but I feel like what Archmaester Gildane wants me to think is that she's just, like, bitter and resentful and mm-hmm. turning in on herself. Like, basically, they're like, she's a bitch, and look, here's all the evidence, because yeah. she's, like, being mean to the court, the courtiers, and she's, like, selfishly keeping her daughter with her, even though her daughter clearly would be happy elsewhere. And, like, she's selfishly keeping her girlfriend with her, even though, like, Alyssa clearly wants to leave and, like, have fun.
2: Mm-hmm. And, like
0: the tone, even though none of that is on page, like, the tone is, like, I don't know, this, like, nasty lady, Mm -hmm. spooky, scary lady is, like, you know, basically kind of, like, hiding in her hole and, like, Mm -hmm. poisoning everyone around her. And I know that if, like, what I want to be true and the way that I would adapt this is that this is all about her experience of Trauma.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything. Because, like, this is the first time that Raina's actually been able to rest. Yeah. Since, like, everything. Basically since she like married ever. her brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the first, like, she finally has a home. Because mm-hmm. she that's the thing. Like, so what? Ha- what is Raina's life? She married her brother. Was, like, mm-hmm. put under house arrest. Married her brother. That's, like, she probably didn't really want to do it. Because, like, she's a lesbian and she wants to be with her girlfriends. But, mm-hmm. like... Married a brother, had a baby. So she performed her, like, you know, queen of the realm duties, but then, like, is put under house arrest. Her husband is murdered. She's forcibly married to her uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets away from him, but then, like, ends up in this experience where, like, she can't trust anyone around her because all, all she sees is they want my power, they want my dragons. In mm-hmm. that kind of Daenerys way that we talked about when Daenerys is in Essos, so, of, like, everyone around her just, like, doesn't see her for being a person. Right. You know? And like... She's just a tool, yeah. She's a tool. And here on Dragonstone is the first time she's like, she has a home and she can rest and be safe. And I would imagine there's a hell of a lot of trauma back up, backed up from yeah. uh, from like the years of what she had to suffer. So if I were telling this story, I would tell it as like, she finally gets what she's been wanting and like breaks down that like all mm. of those years of trauma finally caught up to her and she just doesn't know how to manage everything that she's been feeling and is like still like wary so like all of these courtiers are coming to like talk to her i, I imagine her instinct would be like do you want to steal my dragons do you actually care about me as a person or is mm-hmm. this just about power like what do you want from me what do you want from me yeah what do you want like, yeah i don't i don't like, feel
1: like doing this for you anymore i'm exhausted yes yeah. I am,
0: yes i have i mm-hmm. have spent my whole life Not believing if people actually care about me. What do you want? Just, like, let me be. And also that, like, she's keeping Aria and uh, Alyssa around her because she's terrified of loss. She's Mm -hmm. lost everything. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. She's trying to control. I mean, she's been out of control for so much of her mm -hmm. life. She's trying to control everything she can. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, she wants to keep these people close. I mean, Alyssa says, I want to go sail the world. What? What Raina should have said if she was a healthy partner at that time right. is, I support you, sweetie. Um, what do you need? When will you be back? Do you want me to come with you on my dragon? Right. I mean, Raina doesn't have to stay a Dragonstone. No. She could She could say, I'm going on a boat adventure. <laughs> yeah. Peace out. You I'm going to go
0: hang out with my para-girlfriend.
1: Yeah. And, like, I'll be back in a few years. Like, people do that. Right. Um. But I, I, I agree with you. I think it's the first time in her life where there isn't imminent danger, but she's mm-hmm. so, her brain is so used to imminent danger that it yeah. sees it everywhere. So she's like yeah. almost paranoid in a way. Um, and on top of that, she doesn't have a task. Yeah. There's nothing for her to focus on. Like mm-hmm. all she can focus on is is what she should be doing, which is trying to, you know, work work through the trauma and everything like that. Right. But uh, they don't have like cognitive behavioral therapy in Westeros. So, I don't think she can get on, like, BetterHelp and talk to her therapist. Um, So, she's just kind of left to her own devices to do pretty much nothing
0: that exists. Right. Yeah. And, like, this reaction actually makes me second guess whether or not taking area was a power play. Because that was how we discussed it last time, Mm -hmm. was that, like, oh, yeah, like, what a power move. She's taking Dragonstone and area like, the seat of the heir to the throne as well as the heir to the throne. And yet, mm. what does she do with it? Nothing. She doesn't do I, anything but, with it at this I point. Still but don't, like, I I just, I also just,
1: like, don't understand that from an emotional perspective but because she doesn't know this kid.
0: Right. Like, well, I feel like it's, so, that a part of it is that trauma response of, like, maybe I do just, I want to try and have the family that's been taken away from me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had to protect my children by sending them away for so long. Maybe now I can, you know, maybe now that everything's settled down, I can try and have a relationship. And a, mm-hmm. like, I have my girlfriend, you know, I'm married to my husband, my beard, and mm-hmm. I have my girlfriend that I care about. And like, maybe now's the time that I can finally like have a real family yeah. In a way I that actually, I haven't been able to before. And so like and she can't really take Rayella because Rayella's at the at the Sept in Old Town. Right. Like you can't like go back like but I feel like she that that maybe some of it was a power play, but like I'm reading this and going, if I were telling the story, it would be about like that if she could have taken Rayella, she would have taken both. That this is sure, part of it like might be in the back of her mind, like a power play, but also this is more about trying to rebuild everything that was taken from her over the last, like, 12 years. And that includes, like, I want my kids back because I want my family back.
1: Yes. I think that, I think there's also two other things I could think about. It would be, one, she doesn't want Arya to be left in someone else's care. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of Reyna's trauma comes from King's Landing, from having been in King's Landing. Mm -hmm. And being separated from her own mother and things like that. So she might just not trust others with area Mm -hmm. which is perfectly fair um and i agree i think if she could have gotten Rayella too she would have brought she would have taken both Mm -hmm. um i also wonder if there's an interesting like this would be something to that could be played with on the screen better than in text Rayella and aria are identical twins Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and reina did raise one of them one was separated from her but one was with her for a good period of time in king's landing Mm -hmm. um the the ones that the one we're calling Aria right now because they did a switcher at some point yep, but the one that we're calling the one that's currently Aria is not the one she was with she was with yeah. the one that was Rayella, which was the the calmer shyer uh-huh. uh, child right and it must be confusing to have memories and emotional connection with someone who looks exactly like someone else yeah and then you bring weird. that someone else home and they're not. Yeah. They don't have that emotional connection with you, but you you see their face and they, they look like like you know what I mean? Like it's gotta be confusing for that to happen. And that would be something interesting to play with on the screen that's yeah. basically lost in the text. But visually would be yeah. it could be very
0: emotionally difficult that right.
1: and and not the twin's fault that she no. reminds mom of the other identical twin.
0: Right, right. (laughs) You know. Right, and yeah, and also not Arya, you know, the one we're calling Arya. Also not her fault that, like, her personality is very different Mm -hmm. from probably what, I don't really know how to put it, that, like, Rayella, the one who's in the Sept in Old Town, Rayella, we'll just call them by the names that they are going by in the book, even though we know that their names are actually opposite, that, like, Rayella would be a... Better companion for the place that Reyna is in right now emotionally, because she's like traumatized. That like, and again, that's not Aria's fault. That Mm -hmm. like, she is like a high energy, adventurous child who like wants to like do things and be active and like be like participate in a lot of things. Like, it's not her fault. And Mm -hmm. also, I imagine that that is probably contributing to what's happening right now. That like Reyna, where Reyna's at emotionally it would be really difficult for her to be the parent of a child who's, like, restless.
1: Yeah. A child who's a very, like, emo is emotionally demanding. A kid that yep. is, mom, I'm bored, I don't have anything to do, I want friends, I want this, I want that. As mm-hmm. opposed to uh, a child more like Rayella, who sounds like she was more quiet, and maybe more uh, comforting, and, uh-huh. and, you know, less, I don't know, headstrong, I guess. I don't, yep. I don't know exactly what word to use. Yeah. But yeah, I I completely agree. Cause so that would be so interesting to explore in a script. Ugh.
0: Yeah, yeah, cause cause Aria and Alyssa Farben have the same kind of restless energy, mm-hmm. and both of those like are pulling against Reyna's desire to like heal. Or at least if I were telling the story, the mm-hmm. one telling this story, that that would be part of the tension that's building. Is like Raina's like traumatized and wants to control and wants to like have everyone she loves around her. Mm -hmm. And, like, keep them there because of how much she's lost. That she's, like, finally I get to have, like, the people I love in my life and I can keep them here and I can keep them around me and I'm not going to lose them. Mm -hmm. And, like, to have both of the people who represent that, both, like, her partner and her child, be, like, right, but, like, that's not the kind of person that I am. Right. But, like, like, what if I left? Yeah, but, like, what what if I wanted to go on an adventure? Right. That, like, she's getting that tug from both of them of, like... She has, unfortunately, her partner and her child both don't want to, like, be safe and coddled and protected in the way that, like, it seems like Reyna really wants to live that life right now.
3: Right. Exactly. Um,
0: of, like, let's not go anywhere and, like, like let's just be here and be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or, again, like, that's how I would write it. And that is how I, would like... It th- like it makes sense to me to like read that underneath everything that's happening that like mm-hmm. she just she's traumatized and wants her wants to be surrounded by the people she loves and unfortunately the people she loves are like yeah but like I like doing things <laughs> what if we sailed into the sunset <laughs> uh-huh. and yeah you're right like if Reyna were in a healthier place like she should go with Alyssa like go sail the world go see things like go explore but she's
1: not. I mean, you can could, you could make, like, the the sun chaser, right? And then you can make, like, a really big raft next to the sun chaser. Uh-huh. And that could be where the dragon sleeps. Uh-huh. And you just tug it along. And then otherwise the dragon flies along with you.
0: Oh, my God. Like a sidecar?
1: Like a sidecar, yeah.
0: <laughs> sidecar <laughs> love, for your dragon? For, for your
1: dragon, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that'd be great. <laughs> I love that idea. Man, if only, if only Reyna had been, you know, less dramatized. Things yeah. might have gone differently. Um, but yeah, I also just want to acknowledge that like, area. this kind of sucks for her. Not yeah. kind of. This like really sucks for her in an unfortunate way that like um, I really like the line, her mother was a stranger because there's like mm-hmm. symbolism in that.
1: I love it. I love his stranger symbolism.
0: Yes. Um, But also like thinking about how much of Aria's choices that she will eventually be making as the story progresses are like She's trying to escape a place where she's really lonely. Mm-hmm. And, like, the tragic, again, this is how I would write it. Because I love, I love tragic irony, especially in, like, parent-child dynamics. Mm-hmm. That, like, the irony of Reyna herself feeling lonely and wanting to surround herself with people that she loves inadvertently causing the same kind of pain mm-hmm.
3: to her child
0: is just, Mwah. oh yeah.
1: Oh, I love it. Oh, we got oh. it, we got it, Martin We got it, we picking up what you're putting down
0: mm-hmm. Um. Alright, we've been talking for a while about this section I feel yes, like we're kind we of, have. kind of coming to a close <laughs> Um. So we
1: talked a little bit about who gets shafted We mentioned the uh, the wise women um, Rego Draz, we t- talked a little bit He's just getting the regular xenophobic kind of stuff uh,
0: But also, I want to know everything about the pregnant bat goddess statue I want to know about this goddess that he worships. Is like that a in very the House pregnant, of Black and White? A very pregnant woman with the head of a bat. And I'm like, tell me about that deity. Holy shit. Yeah, where is that
1: from? Because it's not in the house. I'm, I'm, re- I'm rereading A Song of Wise of Fire, and I'm deep into um, A Face for Crows. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm deep into Arya's time in House of Black and White, and that is not one of the gods there that is mentioned.
0: Yeah, I wanna, I wanna know about this, huh. about this, yeah. about this pregnant lady with the bat head. Does uh, worshiping her tail.
1: And you also mentioned Magor Towers as being Shafter. <laughs> this poor Because his baby. name is Magor.
0: <laughs> his name is Magor. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and I remember reading that when I read that I was like, "Okay, who the fuck names their kid Magor?" Um, and then it turns out like it's his dad was a loyal Magor supporter. Yeah. Like his dad was like one of the most loyal to Magor. Was like I think was. Executed was like either one of the one of the lords that was executed or sent to the wall
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, for supporting Magor. So like, um, he was yeah, really his he dad was, was like, <laughs> you know, super into Magor, and so named his kid Magor probably as like a hey, notice me, King. Yeah, I named my kid after notice you. Notice me, Senpai. <laughs> notice, yes, notice me, Senpai. <laughs> But I'm just like this poor kid has to live the rest of his life with the name Magor, and everyone hates Magor, and I just feel really bad for this child. Oh.
1: maybe he'll he'll reclaim the name for his own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Magor Towers. With
0: Magor Towers, poor kid.
1: Um, um we yeah, have some okay. connections to A Song of Ice and Fire. We kind of talked about Daenerys and these connections to the eggs, um, and uh. I like your note. Can you explain
0: your note here about Danny being involved in the destruction? So, there's a point where when it talks about Jaharis, is, like, doing his building projects, um, he says, would that I could empty the city, knock it down, and build it all anew. Mm. Jaehaerys literally wants to tear down King's Landing and rebuild it. Mm. But it says he can't. He says, lacking that power and the coin such a massive undertaking would have required. Like, there would be something really fascinating, and in that kind of perverted wish fulfillment way that Martin likes to play with. That, like, mm-hmm. if Danny is somehow either intentionally or unintentionally involved in the destruction of King's Landing, to be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, hey, that's what Jahari's wanted." Jahari yeah. literally wanted to tear the whole city down and rebuild it. Yeah, we and can build it right
1: this time. Woo! You know, now
0: they can build it right, and like Danny's just you know fulfilling. And I think Martin likes to do that of like children who like inadvertently but in kind of a twisted way fulfill their parents' dreams. Mm. Or like their ancestors' dreams. Like he's done that before. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, "Oh, but also like people wouldn't like it if Danny did it, but you know, Jah- this is what Jahari's wanted." Mhm. Um hmm. And, like, sure, blowing up, like, blowing up a city, whether intentionally or not, is very different from, like, intentionally tearing it down and reconstructing it. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, because more people are going to die if you blow it up. Um, but still, like, if Jaharius had been able to do that, it would have involved, like, the displacing and of, The huge displacement
1: of all the people in King Huge London, displacement yeah. of
0: all the people in King's Landing. I King mean, Lending. I think the, the Chekhov's wildfire in the main
1: story is, like... Oh, yeah. So obvious that King's Landing is either going to like completely be dem- demolished, dem- mm-hmm. demolished, um, right, or uh, partially. Yeah, you know the question would oh, really yeah. be whether the Red Keep is. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, I I, th- I imagine if King's Landing is destroyed, do you think people will rebuild, or will they just abandon it? Because there are examples in Fire and Blood and A Song of and Fire of towns that are like burned to the ground that are then abandoned.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you've got places like um like, hard home is, like, supposed to be cursed, right? Because, like, yeah. kind of things happen. There. Valeria is abandoned.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, where's the, there's, there's battles during the dance where there's towns that are, after the, after the destruction, they're abandoned. Mm-hmm. So, Kaisley is, like, the capital. So, I don't know if people would go back and rebuild, seeing as, it, I think it would depend if the castle remains.
0: Yep. Staying. Summer Hall. Summer Hall is another good example of, like a, like a, I know it's, like, a castle, but, like, it's a castle that gets burned down and then everyone else afterwards is, like. Ooh. It's harvest. haunted. It's haunted. Ooh. Whoopsie. Um, but yeah, I do I actually do tend to think that like it's that if not if when King's Landing fully or partially blows up. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah, Chekhov's wildfire. There's wildfire all over that city. That city yeah. is just prime. Even more than old town, like King's Landing is just like primed yeah. to like go Right in the crosshairs,
1: yep. <laughs> um
0: that yeah, mo- I feel like most people are going to think it's haunted. And maybe really? not rebuild.
1: I don't know, because people keep living in Harrenhal. Yeah,
0: Harrenhal and like is it great. is the capital city. So, I mean, it could go either way. It'd be um, interesting if it was abandoned. I don't know, either way. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, this is a chance to tell you about Daenerys being a Yeah, retcon. so what is this Ritcon? Okay, so in the World of Ice and Fire, if you read the, um, if you were to pull up like the family tree in the World of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. um, you would not see Daenerys.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: In, so in the original drafting of like, the The family tree of of Jaehaerys and Alison and all the kids they have um the second born child was Alyssa okay um who um she survives to adulthood in both versions mm-hmm. um but she would have been the oldest child um and the oldest surviving child um and she's the one who marries her brother Balon Balon she marries Balon yeah yeah she marries Balon um mm-hmm. She's Viserys' mom? I think. I think she's Viserys's mom. Yes. Um. Yes. So, she is originally a second-born, and there is like a fifth-born son whose name I don't remember that begins with a V, but it's not Viserys. It's like Vagon or Veyron or something like something along those lines mm-hmm. who has a similar plot as Daenerys that we're not that I'm not going to spoil. Um. Mm-hmm. But um, originally, like, that's the original family tree. But for Fire and Blood, Martin changed that. Mm-hmm. And now the second born child is this daughter named Daenerys.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, who, again, as we track the development of her story, we will have to circle back around to talk mm-hmm. about why I think he did that. But I definitely think it's tied to our Danny in *A Song of Ice and Fire*. Like it's very conspicuous that he chooses to add a second-born daughter named Daenerys, mm-hmm. and the beats in her story, um, that like this is the first Daenerys. This is now this daughter of of Jaehaerys and Alysanne is now. Literally the first Daenerys in the history of the Targaryen dynasty that we know about. Right. And then there's the mm. other Daenerys who ends up going to Dorn. Oh, so I was going um, to say there's a Dorn Daenerys. I knew yeah, that one. Yeah, there's a Dorn Daenerys and then there's our Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all, both this Daenerys and the Dorn Daenerys, um, foreshadow some things
3: mm. Mm.
0: and have some symbolism tied to them that is like important for, for Danny's story. So we will talk about that later, but like. This is a retcon and it's not just like, you know, I don't know. I felt like changing the kids.
1: It's kind of a big deal to change the kids after you've like published yep. a whole book about it with the Targaryen family tree in it and stuff. Like, it's kind of uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, not a little thing to do.
0: Yeah, it's not a small deal to like change what children huh. the king and queen have. So, yeah, yeah, okay, but she I'm was excited. Not original. She was not in the original family tree.
1: All right, as we get more of her story, I'm excited to, to think about mm-hmm. why he did that.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Um, So, yeah, themes. We'll, like, finish up with some themes. Yeah.
1: We've talked a bit about these, you know, childbirth is the woman's battlefield. This is a common theme throughout A Song of Ice and Fire and through this yep. book that, you know, the mm-hmm. the woman's uh, battles in the birthing bed, that kind of thing. Right. Um, And we get the, like, you know, the motherhood, Um, you know, being... Praise so much with uh Alyssa. like oh it's a it's a miracle that she's pregnant what a good wonderful mm-hmm. thing when it's like probably not the best probably nope. really dangerous i wonder nope. if it'll be really dangerous in the next 10 pages of this section right uh, um, and you know but like that that whole like revering motherhood yep. as the most important thing a woman can do
0: yeah and it stands out to me like to my mind the reason why i wanted to highlight it here is it stands out not just because of what what is going to happen in the next section Um, uh, but, like, precisely because both of these pregnancies are high risk. Yeah. You know, like, this is a section in which everyone is, like, super excited about the fact that, like, a woman in her 40s and a 14-year-old are both pregnant, and, Mm -hmm. like, no one is thinking about the fact that these are both high-risk pregnancies, What's the day the woman risk.
1: said no one ever?
0: Yeah, said no one ever. Yeah. But like we should be like we the reader should be really uncomfortable with like how excited most people are in this world to be like, yay, the 40 year old is pregnant and yay, the 14 year old is pregnant and there is nothing mm-hmm. wrong here. And this is great. Like, because women should just have babies. Yeah. And I'm reading this and going like, ah, this is I'm really this dangerous and, and, and one and or both of them would probably die.
1: That 14 year old is in 10th grade watching Twilight. Mm-hmm. okay that is what she is doing yeah she is watching twilight and she is on tumblr and she is playing minecraft you know this is like and you you're excited because she's pregnant like oh it's
0: I mean we're very seeing bad. This now with everything about around the the discussions about abortion and like we do not we're mm-hmm. not you know but like I'm not gonna we don't have to have a political discussion about that but like we are seeing... oh this is a very liberal podcast I think we yeah super clear. liberal <laughs> Um, But, like, we are seeing that, like, part of why abortion care is so important is also for, like, teenagers. Yeah, Like, we're hearing stories about, like, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old girls who are, like, Mm -hmm. who don't have access to abortion care. And, like, surprise, surprise, they're having complications. And it's really dangerous Mm -hmm. for them. Because, actually, we should not, we as human beings should not be getting pregnant when we are in our early teens. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not safe. For right. a fourteen-year-old to have a baby, it's just mm-hmm. not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've I've heard in discussions before regarding A Song of Ice and Fire that there's supposed to be its distinction between like that the lords and the ladies sort of do this young marriage stuff, but the small folk don't. Yeah, I think there's a historical, like real life history mm-hmm. source for that that yep. like, that was a common thing among like the ruling class, but the 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 lower class wouldn't wouldn't. Yeah have kids at young because they understood how fucking dangerous that was
0: yeah yeah the idea that like all that like back during like the middle ages like everyone was getting married at 12 13 years old is like not historically accurate like i i uh, i would have to track down the source but i remember reading somewhere that like the average age of marriage during the middle ages if you like discount the aristocrats is like 20
1: yeah which is normal that's a nice normal that's a nice normal age
0: uh-huh. for people
1: that didn't live very long That right. that's yeah
0: a nice right. normal age for that um, and even in, like, the aristocratic marriages, if they got married that young, like, they they usually were not having sex until they were, like, 17, 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. That, like, these, like, marriages with, like, 12-year-olds were, like, often literally just, like, paper marriages,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
0: where, like, you would engage your daughter, the princess, to, like, the, the prince of, you know, like, you're the Spanish queen and you, in- you engage your daughter, the princess, to, like, the king of France or, like, the, the prince of France at, like, 13, 14 years old but, like, they wouldn't actually live together as husband and wife until they were, like, 20. So, like, yeah. they weren't even really having sex with each other. They were just, like, legally married because we're forging an alliance. But
1: right. they weren't,
0: like, actually sleeping together.
1: Just like how Jaehaerys and Alessandra and Hurricane definitely didn't sleep <laughs> definitely together didn't while they were together. alone in
0: Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. It was so romantic, Gretchen. <laughs> um, I don't think that Martin actually... He definitely doesn't reflect that actual historical reality. He he definitely writes that 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 the young teens are that like the 13-year-old girl is getting fucked by her 35-year-old husband. Like he definitely writes that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um which maybe might have happened but like is not as common as Martin makes it think. Like No, I don't think you would think that like he's drawing from history and that. No, and I don't think I don't
1: think the purpose of that portion of the story is to be historically accurate as much you can be in a fantasy. It's it's to highlight Mm
2: -hmm. the toxicness
1: and the horror of this particular of this society, which of course forces us to reflect on our own, and that Mm -hmm. is that is what media does for us.
0: Yeah, and then like the last thing I wanted to note, which is related to this, is like this idea of like weak versus strong babies. Yeah. Uh, um you know like we've talked about the other dichotomies where like um you know you have like like the bookish versus the warrior men and the gentle and quiet women versus the adventurous girls like Mm -hmm. alongside those he is doing a thing about like weak versus strong babies you know and i put that in quotes Mm -hmm. um but it's worth noting that like both Alyssa and Alice Ann go into labor early in this section. Yes. Boromund, like, Boromund, baby boy Boromund, is also early. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever early means. Right, based on what, like, call oh, Right. How, they, when they know she got pregnant. Yeah, based, know, they, you know. Yeah, they can't do um, an ultrasound to figure it out. Yeah, so, like, she could have been further along. They don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, the text has it that both of them have babies that are born early Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: one of them survives and one of them dies. Um, And like, so like Martin is doing this thing where he sometimes parallels like physical power with how that power is wielded. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, Magor is like a really masculine martial dude, but he veers on the side of like overly aggressive. And like Mm -hmm. Aeneas is this like soft, quiet, bookish dude who like was really weak and indecisive and sometimes those are parallels and sometimes those are and like sometimes he subverts it um because you have someone like reina who was like really shy and quiet as a girl and then she gets a dragon is like suddenly you know adventurous or whatever Mm -hmm. um but like so he's doing a thing about like some babies are born early but are strong and they survive and they're vigorous and like some of them robust Robust. robust babies yes um, And some babies are just like born weak And they die Um, And he's doing a thing With that that I feel like we should track We should start mm-hmm. to track like what babies are Dying and what babies are not dying mm-hmm. Because even though yes In this setting babies would die Like that's yeah. super normal It was like really normal up till about like The last hundred years for like a lot of infants Died before the age of like five mm-hmm. Um, But Martin is, like, yes, playing off of a historical reality, but also doing a thing about, like, babies that die early. Especially, like, Targaryen babies that die early. Mm. Um, And, like, we're starting... I want to start tracking, like, who has a baby that dies early. Especially Mm -hmm. when we're talking about the Targaryen dynasty. And, like and how much
1: incest there has been
0: yes Yes. and those things are parallel and like Martin is starting to plant the seeds that like incest is a corrupting force that is ultimately going to weaken the Targaryen power mm-hmm. um, that like hoarded power is consuming itself from the inside to the point that like it cannot produce like viable heirs mm,
1: it's a metaphor oh, it's a I metaphor love it oh i love it drown me in
0: that metaphor oh i yep. love that yep and especially if that hoarded power is tied to like stolen or like power that is stolen or usurped from others so mm-hmm. like targaryen women who should inherit like it's it's part of what you you know it, it ties mm-hmm. into all of our themes about like the targaryen dynasty is a microcosm um mm-hmm. the way that women are treated is a reflection of like the dis- the disempowerment of women is the disempowerment of everybody mm-hmm. that like the Targaryen dynasty, you're going we're gonna start seeing as things go on more and more of these like babies who can't survive to adulthood, yeah. who are like born early and die or We're gonna like, see a, like,
1: a good cluster of them with Jaehaerys yep. and Alison. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um huh. and they're yep. they're like we were saying before, they're one of our more incestuous pairs. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think hmm. that like he's tying that symbolism to like the way that hoarded power is like self consuming. It's going yes. to like consume itself and implode itself to the point that like it cannot perpetuate its own power. I
1: like that. I like that metaphor
0: a lot because mm-hmm. that
1: that gives the. I think the incest aspect of the story was probably just originally added because it's like interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's like icky and interesting and and dramatic and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also it it has then metaphorical meaning as well. Yeah, which is is lovely. I love the yeah. good metaphor. The other thing I have a question about with these, these babies is what what defines a baby as robust versus weak, except for the fact that we know one dies and one doesn't.
2: I mean, right? You know?
1: <laughs> like, is it like, nobody, did anyone like weigh, bore my breath, and like, wow, a 12 pounder, he's a robot. Like, they didn't have,
2: mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure they had ways to weigh stuff, but I don't know that they did that with babies. Like, how, like, every now and then there's a baby that's described as like, you know, you know, being big. Mm-hmm. Or being, like, very, very, like, hungry, like, eating a lot. Mm-hmm. Or growing quickly. Like, those sort of things. And I'm like, okay, those are robust kind of features. But, like, maybe that baby that died at three days, if he had lived, would have done the same thing. Right. But he didn't because he died. Right. So. Uh-huh. Like it's one of those very much like looking back on it and saying like that baby that ended up living and becoming a person that mattered in history was so robust.
0: Yes, as a, as a baby. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's that results-oriented thinking. Like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, baby must have been weak because it sure did die.
1: Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> definitely not the problem of anyone around it. <laughs> yep, yep. Definitely, this is definitely not about like a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> also,
1: not for nothing. But we're talking about the whole history of Targaryen babies, and you're telling me there was not one infanticide in all of these dead babies. At least one baby was infanticided. There's somebody who was, there was a, there must have been a murder at least one of these times, statistically. Because mm-hmm. babies get killed all the time. So, yep. and you could do that without people realizing it. Yeah. So, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe keep an eye out for a baby that was doing really well and then very suddenly died.
0: Uh-huh. You know?
1: Right. Could be a
2: thing. Anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh okay, so I think this pretty much covers this section. We did, we did like some, you know, we did some light analysis. Yeah. Some just a little bit. This little little touch of analysis. I hope everybody had a good uh, uh good time with us here. Uh if you want to email us, you can email us at House of Fire and Blood Podcast, all one word, house of fire and blood podcast at gmail dot com. We have gotten emails. We're going to we're going to answer them, I promise. Yep. Um and our Instagram is at House of Fire and Blood Podcast as well.
0: Um, and- oh yeah. Oh before we go, we should uh I'm sorry, we keep forgetting, neglecting to tell you all what we're reading for our next oh, time Oh <laughs> yes. Yes, you have the pages. <laughs> I do. Um so next time we are going to be starting with um uh the top of page two oh eight with on Dragonstone problems of another store we're coming to a head. Um and then we are ending on like kind of halfway down page two nineteen. Um, ending with the paragraph that ends with um as he would do so often during his long reign, the king shrugged off his sorrows and plunged himself into the ruling of his realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we're going to be ending next time. So, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, just about 10 pages. 10 or 11 pages. So. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that kind of brings us to a close. So uh, yeah. until next time, remember, uh, magic bathwater can cure incestuous gene pools.
1: And until next time, pour one out for Rosamund Ball.
0: yep she's a real one yeah
1: she was a real one all right thanks everybody and we'll talk to you next time bye bye i don't have any batteries so because i i had a did i tell you about the mouse
0: no. Oh, okay. I, tell me about the mouse. Okay. Gonna our, this is
1: going to be very restarting. So I had a mouse in my kitchen. So so this is actually the second mouse I had. I previously had a mouse. The first one was my fault. Um, I had kept in one of my lower cabinets a bag of bird seed along with um, dried pine cones. Because in the winter in Jersey, there's like no food outside for the birds or whatever. So you take a pine cone, you roll it in peanut butter, and then you roll it in seed and you hang it outside. And all the birds, and you could like watch like the wildlife of New Jersey descend upon it. It's like really fun. Yeah, and... You get
0: to be like a Disney pr- princess for a while, right?
1: Exactly. It's super fun, and it's good for them. And like it gives them, you know, the peanut butter has fat in it, which is good for them for the winter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the accoutrements to make said pine cones in my lower cabinet, which I didn't realize was accessible apparently through various pipes uh, to outside. And so, some years ago, when I had that stuff. I came home and I saw that my lower cabinet was just kind of a jar. And mm-hmm. the entire bag of seed, and I mean, this is like maybe a gallon-sized bag of seed, had been eaten.
2: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> wow, the mice were eating real well. Yeah. And I didn't notice because it was in this, this cabinet that had been closed. But I guess that the, the way they ate the seed, it, it pushed the door open. Like it piled out like the seed shells. And so that's how I discovered it. So oh my I, I had to do like a full clean of my lower cabinets back then, which was like a whole thing. Wow! So then this time oh. I went uh, and I was going to get pa- like pans from my lower cabinets, a different part again. And I open it and there's like a, a tissue, like a, a napkin that's like torn up. Now uh-huh. I keep extra napkins from like takeout and stuff in one of my upper drawers. Right. And I was like, that's weird. And I start pulling up the drawers and stuff like that. And the, there was, there's no food in my lower cabinets anymore because I learned from the first time. Yeah. So all that happened was that these mice or mouse or whatever went around and chewed up napkins and also ate some of my candles, which confused <laughs> me. <laughs> They're just like, this is all we can find. Yeah, they just ate the candles and I'm like, is that good for oh you? Like what's making, I don't mean like chewed on, I mean like consumed. I had tea lights, like little tea lights it, with, it, in the metal. What? And just the metal was left. Like, they consumed the wax. I Go, f- oh, go figure. Gosh. I don't know. So I had to strip my entire, like, lower cabinets again and, like, do the bleach. Because, I mean, if there's, you know, droppings, you have to be very, really, really careful Yeah. and clean everything. So I cleaned it. It took, like, two weeks. I took everything out, sterilized everything in the dishwasher, cleaned everything with bleach. It was, like, a whole thing. And now every time I go mm-hmm. into my lower cabinets, I'm, like, looking for signs of mouse. Uh Right. I'm like, there's no food here, bud. But anyway, wow. the reason I was bringing this up before we started re- recording was that I don't have batteries anymore because one of the things in, in the drawers the mouse went into was batteries and I threw away everything that like was replaceable. I just said, yeah. if uh-huh. a mouse touched it, let's just get rid of it. I can buy more batteries. I have yet to replace my batteries. So the fact that my mouse, my computer mouse is not working right now is concerning because I think it probably needs batteries, which means I probably have to go out this afternoon to get batteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that's the mouse story.